Tonight's episode of the Tuesday Night Cigar Club is brought to you by Drew Estate. Come experience the rebirth of cigars at www.drewestate.com and download the free Drew Diplomat smartphone app today to discover nearby retailers, RSVP to special events, redeem points to win exclusive Drew Estate merchandise, and much, much more. Brothers and sisters of the leaf, coming to you live from the bottom of the Gulf of Mexico, it's the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. Tonight, the boys gasp for air as they join Mandy Moore at the bottom of the sea for her 2017 shark attack movie, 47 Meters Down. And somehow, even while trapped underwater and surrounded by ferocious great whites, our crew of aquatic assholes is still able to guzzle down a heroic amount of the delicious, Mysteries of the Deep, double IPA, from Barrow Brewing Company, paired with the dark Cronenoak cigar from Yasum Crawl. I know what you're thinking. How the hell can they smoke stogies underwater? Well, hell if I know. How do they do any of that crazy shit they do? I guess you'll just have to stay tuned and find out. So sit back, folks, light them up, and enjoy the show. You'll notice how nice I cleaned up the place after uh, last episode. Did y'all see the table after that show? You guys are savages, man. This place was... I got out of here as fast as I could to run from my shame. It looked like a frat party of at least 100 had partied in here. Uh, I'm assuming I never actually have been to a fraternity party. I've seen movies, though. Have you? Uh, I've seen movies with fraternities doing crazy stuff. 80s fraternities. I don't know if today they do the same kind of shenanigans. Probably. Maybe. It's a different world. It's a different world. It is a different world. Speaking of which, let me ask you something. Um, I was driving home late the other night, driving a truck down uh, Interstate 35 through Central Texas, and uh, I drove past a restaurant that won't go, I won't name it. Uh, It was closing down. It was late. Yeah. But in the window, I saw, and it's kind of a common thing. They had the chairs on top of the tables, yes. much like this table, yeah. this clean yeah. table, and they were mopping the floors. Now, do you think in the morning when they probably mop and let it dry overnight, yep. and then the morning the morning crew comes in, takes chairs off the table, puts them down? Yeah. Are they going back and wiping down those tables? 
They should be, yes. But they're probably not. Mm, probably not. Probably not. I'm saying the majority of these places, are you just take chairs off, you're ready for business. Now, when you saw where they did the, did they have it with the legs on the table, or did no, they have it flipped the, the, upside down? Well, up, the typical thing where you flip the chair upside down, mop, and then probably in the morning they just take the chair, flip it back down, and yeah. breakfast is served, right? Well, that got me thinking. Essentially, then, great, your floors are clean. <laughs> now your table? You're eating ass. Close to it, yeah. You're eating every ass that sat in that chair the day before has just been splatted right there where you're going to eat your your meal. If your napkin is on the table, God forbid your silverware touches the table. Yeah, toughen up, buttercup. You're eating ass, am I right? I I can go with that logic, yes. And not just one stranger's ass, but potentially like dozens of strangers' asses. And if it's a Mexican restaurant, refried beans... Or if it's hot out, sweaty dudes sitting there, and then end of the night. I don't know, man. You ever see that line of cattle waddling into Golden Corral? And then you're going to show up for the breakfast buffet? Mm. I'm done eating stranger ass. I'm done. I can't do it anymore. Okay. Once I saw that, a, a light dawned on Marble Head. I'm not doing it anymore. And this has nothing, I should say, to do with my recent investment in a restaurant booth store. Because clearly booths are the answer. Uh, booths. Nobody's turning a booth upside down on the table. You sit in a booth. You fight for that booth because you won't want to eat ass. This again. Man, the draw on this thing's so tough. Again, Tut trying to draw on a closed foot cigar. It's always humorous, isn't it? <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is that I was watching you earlier going, I wonder if he's going to he's going to say something about the tough draw. No. No, I'm one of the top 11 cigar experts in the universe, according to a website. <laughs> oh, according to a website, it's out I'm there a lot on, of things. You can go to our website. It's, it's, it's right there. I linked it. It's, it's mm. Somebody said it. Um, Front and center. I wish you would kind of like give room to some of our podcasts, but I don't know. Whatever. That's Cade's Restaurant Booth Superstore off Route 10. <laughs> if you're a restaurant uh, owner, you might want to think about converting all the booths. <laughs> Nobody wants to eat ass. Stranger ass is badass. Not is good that, badass. Is that good badass? No, bad badass. I should mention, in case Netflix is listening, don't get any ideas. I've trademarked the name Stranger Ass. <laughs> Don't get any ideas. <laughs> Don't even try it, Netflix. Am I right? You, yes, you're right. I, I will agree with you. No more. No more. No more eating stranger ass. Sit at a booth. But you're right. They should wipe down the table. But of course, then they would just wipe it down and get all the ass with wet rag on the first table, then go to the next table, and by the time they get to that That's last the table... They're using, they're using chemicals. It's not like they just like polish it with a... They, they got, I'm sure they, they're very careful about that wet rag they wipe the tables off to make sure that... Uh. Phobia much? Yeah, you know what? In my older age, I am getting a little... <laughs> just a little bit. A little bit. But uh, I will not... Like I said, just observations from the road. Uh-huh. 
I think I'll start another podcast about just my my observations driving around in my truck at night. I'm going to totally teach you how to run all this stuff. That way you're... Oh, no, I'll need you as my... As, no, 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 no. i need no, you there no, to no. Uh, tell me how interesting all my theories about <laughs> oh, stranger God. asses. It's so interesting. Uh, <laughs> quit crying. Quit crying. <laughs> uh, Suddenly, the, the last two movies really do make a lot of sense. <laughs> or the bench. Oh, God. With the bolted down... Can we move Bench on? Seating. Can we move on from restaurant seating? It yes. might be fun in your head, but when I'm hearing this out loud, I'm like, I like to go out and eat. I don't want to think about stranger ass. I understand. Nobody wants to think about it, <laughs> and I'm not going to talk about it anymore. Oh, That'd be great. Welcome everybody to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club. What are we? Sixty-seven. Yes. After that conversation, probably 68. <laughs> Should we just skip? <laughs> All right. That's it for this one. Uh, no, episode 67, I think. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, it is the beginning of February. Yeah. Oh, yeah. February. I hate February. Uh, February. 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 So uh, we have... What one more show? The next show will be our St. Patty's Day. We go nuts every St. Patty's Day, so stay tuned for that one. Uh, that's gonna be crazy. And then uh, we've got a very special one after that with a special I guest. Know, I know, I know. We've been burned before, so I'm not going to yeah. spoil it. <laughs> but by that I mean I'm not going to say it, and then he won't. Not going to get Josh McDaniel. <laughs> We're not going to get Josh McDaniel. Uh, but uh, we, we've got a very fun, uh, iconic interview lined up uh, for two episodes from now. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fantastic. No, it's going to be so think, great. No, I think people think it's Arnold. It's not Arnold. Maybe it is. Tune in and find out. It might be somebody who knows Arnold. I don't know. Uh, it might be the housekeeper. Very, no, too soon. Housekeeper. Sorry. Way too soon. Sorry. Sorry. We're pro Arnold here. No housekeeper talk. I know, but you still gotta razz the guy. For He's on record. He drank an inordinate amount of peach schnapps that night. <laughs> you would have done the same. Should we just do an episode where we do drink nothing but peach schnapps and see where it takes us? <laughs> that could get dangerous. For um, science. For science. Science. Uh, speaking of drinking, um, we are drinking tonight. That's what we do. Um, that's really what keeps me coming here every other. <laughs> Uh, Tuesday. You want to talk about the beer first? I can do that. Okay. I can do that indeed. We're drinking beer. It smells crisp. And I'm going to... Usually it's you guys who've had the beer before. You know, you've always like, oh, I had that on tap somewhere. Or you, you know, owning a pub, you drink everything. Yes. Uh, I've had this beer several times. I've wanted to get it on the show since I first had it. Um... And they finally got the approvals and everything that's in necessary to get it canned, and boom, we finally got it on the show. I'm so I'm so excited. This is my favorite beer from this brewery, but I knew we had to wait not only till it was canned and we could have it on the show, but I needed a, a really ballsy strong cigar to keep up with it, and uh, all, the stars had to align, and here we are. It's finally happening. Well, what are we doing? We are drinking Barrow Brewing Company's... Wouldn't that be funny if I'm like, so what is it? 
I, I, I drink a lot of it. I'm so confused. I don't know what it is. Barrow Brewing Company's Mystery of the Deep Double IPA. Uh, Barrow, located in the wonderful village of Salado, Texas. Oh, it is a wonderful village. It is We're a sitting in it right now. Indeed we are. This, uh, there, like I said, is their double IPA. Um, is very new. It just like you said, they had only been serving it. You at- actually were at the brewery when this debuted. I, re- I remember. Yes. Um, they were like, we've got a double IPA coming out. I couldn't make it. You went. You reported back really positive things. Yes. And uh, finally, when I made it there, it's become a pretty regular on tap yes. uh, beer. Now, for a, a non-IPA guy like Mr. Tuttle over there... Um, it's strong. It is. It is strong. It is strong. I'm very, it is it makes me strong. Makes me even more interested in this. Interested in the cigar, because um, that's got to be one toothy son of a bitch to keep up with that one. <laughs> yeah, because this beer will just smack you in the face with Grandma Slipper, and it will. This is a nine point two percent ABV. Oh, that. Oh, oh, I guess I'm the strange guy. What is it? I'm sorry. Nine point two. No, I was going back to uh, Tut's. Are you trying out new catchphrases? Is that? <laughs> Slap you in the face with Grandma's slippery? Are you like trying out new material? I don't know. It just popped into my head. Hmm? She wants to be like that. Love your Popeye. What's the the uh, little slogan at the end of the Popeye's chicken commercials? Love that chicken from Love Popeye. Love that chicken from Popeye. Slap your mama with your Grandma's slipper. <laughs> People are gonna start saying it. It's gonna catch on. Just keep saying it every like just every break. I'll try to work it. I'll try to work it in. All right. I'll try to work it in. Trust me on this, guys. Trust me. If it takes off, maybe we can get a, a t-shirt with it on there or something. <laughs> Possibly. Picture okay. Tut with a big slipper just smacking it upside the head. I'll actually market slippers. Grandma's slipper. <laughs> TNCC. Now you're getting Gene Simmons. Anybody who says Grandma's slipper owes me money. <laughs> no, Gene Simmons already copyrighted that. I can't. <laughs> he's, 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 he's listening to us at every move. Uh, what do you got on this beer besides uh, high ABV? 9.2 ABV. IBUs? 85. Wow, I love it. It's burning up. I like We haven't done a hardcore. Uh, we've done a lot of middle-of-the-road IPAs lately. Yeah. Uh, so much so that uh, you're like, I'm loving this. It's it's it's. You taste the hops. I'm an IPA guy. You taste this. No, you, nope. you actually no, did say last episode with the two-hearted ale. You're like, well, for an IPA guy, I'm a newly announced <laughs> IPA guy. And, oh, dude, this separates yeah. the men from the boys. I was going to say, I drink yes. this, and I'm like, nope. No, this I'm not. separates the men from the boys. It was funny because I was looking at the, it's kind of like a little bit of a reddish, reddish hue to it. And I was like, oh, it's going to be a little bit of a cream ale night tonight. Nope. <laughs> no. Maybe a scotch ale? Nope. Uh, did they have anything on the website about uh, what we're going to be drinking? Not, no, they really did not. I mean, the most in terms of a description other than the, the technicals I just gave, they basically just said it is a... Nice balance of hops and malt. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, yes, it is. yes, it is. No, it's not. Two, two to one, we win. Well, I definitely taste one of those things in there. Well, let's talk real quick. Uh, we This is our third Barrow offering we've uh, featured on the show. Yes, we've done the farm-to-market saison. The parsimon beer that we all mm-hmm. really like. Yes. Yeah. Really yeah. cloudy, but really had the baking spices. Yeah. And, that, and, the uh, ski boat blonde. and the ski boat the blonde ski ale, which we really like. Yes. So yep. uh, they're they're two for two with us. Yeah. Um, so I would not have, like I said, I wanted to wait. I had to have a cigar. Um, 
that could stand toted. I've had this beer, so I knew the components necessary in a cigar to stand a chance against this beer. Um, because I understand from a, a pairing standpoint, a lot of guys would never go double IPA. Yeah, um, yeah. Just it's, because. It's too hard on the palate. But I don't want to not showcase beers I love just because, you know, their their IBUs are off the chart. Because, I, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of guys like me and like you that just love them. And I think they can coexist with a cigar if the cigar is the right cigar. And right. I'm confident that tonight's cigar... Uh, you may not like the cigar, but you will. It's it's a double Lajero monster uh, of a cigar, which it, it can very much uh, stand toe to toe with. Well, you know, beer. I like the Lajero. I'm a Lajero guy. Well, you're gonna love this double Lajero. Uh, let me tell you a little bit of what we're doing here. We're doing the. Uh, I'm gonna these Macedonian names. Cerna Nock. Cerna Nock. C R N A N O K. Feels like it needs like some. It's missing or... some. It's missing some uh... <laughs> non-vowels. Wait, vowels. Maybe vowels. Uh, yes. It is the periodic symbol for boron <laughs> by Yasum Kral. That's an old Jerry Seinfeld bit. He's talking about driving in a taxi, and he looks at the the ID card for the driver, and it's like the guy's name is <laughs> the periodic element for boron. There's no vowels. No, uh, the Cerna knock. I'm gonna go with that. By Yasum Kral. Um, we have also, like that, we've reviewed, uh, like, Barrow. We started off with the Red Knight. Um, yes. I believe our first year, maybe, it made our top five. Yeah, it was excellent. Uh, last year, two of their cigars made our top ten. The Zlotno Sants, mm-hmm. which was a double Lajero Connecticut, I believe. And the Shaggy Maduro. Uh, Shaggy. And I, I'm going to correct me if I'm wrong, but when it came time at the end of the year to do our top ten list, uh, I think that the Shaggy Maduro, which we were all very high on, I had it a lot higher on my top ten. But I think a reason it kind of dropped on y'all's was it was supposed to come out in yeah. August, and when it didn't, we we pride ourselves on not showcasing cigars you can't go out and buy. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the unicorns are neat, but uh, if you can't get them, then I just listened to a three-hour podcast. I want that cigar. Why can't I get it? Right. And we were like, well, you can get it in August, and then it didn't happen. Uh, uh, Riste, who uh, owns and blends everything for Yasum Crawl, he actually just switched factories um, over the last maybe two months, announced that he was switching factories. And apparently that switching to factories is going to increase production um, make those issues not issues anymore. Help get the shaggy out there. So uh, I, but I had a feeling that maybe was a, a you know in your back of your heads when you when you rank. Oh yeah, the definitely, shaggy. definitely so. Because if if it had been available, yeah, that would have been far up, far more up. Uh, it had a great price point. It was a really it had the notes of uh, Peruvian tea, had the green tea in it, hmm. um, and I really like these lot no sons. Um Here's similar to Barrow. I don't get much from uh, the web, the Yasum Crawl website. I did get this. This cigar is smooth as fuck. It creates a tingling in the back of the throat. I can feel the nicotine buzz coming. Must be that double Lajero kicking in. The retro still gives the same effect, but for me, the sweetness in the aftertaste is building more. It's definitely a unique cigar. I don't know if he wrote that or if that was like a customer <laughs> testimonial or... A uh, little backstory: we're, we're smoking the six by fifty-two Toro, 
Rapper. Now these are his terms. Um, broadleaf choculata, which I'm broadleaf. It's a broadleaf choculata, which is I'm sure him just telling us there's some chocolate. Oh, the choculata! I got gotcha. you. Oh. Uh, Wait, is it the choculata or the choculade? Choculada. Choculada. Oh. Uh, binder is Mexican candy. Wait, what? Come on. You got to take the first yes. part yes. and I, then... I, I got gotcha. you. So you got a broadleaf cigar with a Mexican uh, binder. Uh, we got a little more here on the filler. Uh, 99, 1999 Lajero, Piloto, Cubano, Corojo uh, 2006, something else, but I forgot, LOL. That's I thought it was going to be like 99 Lajeros, but uh, it's Monterey I got 99 one. Lajeros, but my uh, Ometepe ain't one. <laughs> hey, there's a t-shirt. Uh, no, that's literally what it says. 99 Lajero, Pilato Cubano, Crajo 6, something else, but I forgot, LOL. Okay. Um, LOL. LOL. For our listeners, Tut, you're the uh, social media guy. LOL means... Laughs out loud. Laughs out loud. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna laugh. So oh my God, a lot. I'm going to wait as always uh, till we're almost <clears throat> done to hit up with the price point. But All this, right. but this is one of uh, Yasin Crawl's three regular production lines. You've got the Red Knight, their their first cigar out of the gate. You have uh, the Zlatno Sants, the Connecticut that we smoked. Um, oh, goodness. And then you have the Cerna Nock. So, um, I get, I'm totally getting dark chocolate on the cold draw. Are you? Yeah. Um, Excuse I'm, me, chocolate. Chocolata. Chocolata. Oh, my goodness. I used to eat. It is chocolatey. That's crazy. Count chocolata? I used to eat Count Chocolata cereal oh. as a child. And by that, I mean every year at Target, I buy like 10 boxes and eat it. Along with uh, Boo Berry Lotta and Frankenberry Lotta. <laughs> Dude, whoever makes a cigar that has Frankenberry notes of Frankenberry cereal. Winner. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. Like, uh, this is our Frankenberry Churchill. <laughs> it is oh. a closed foot cigar. It is a closed foot uh, cigar. Much like, I believe, possibly, all, uh, with the exception of the Shaggy, I know the Zlotno was a closed foot as well. Because remember, Tuttle was... The draw on this is, I'm not getting any airflow. And like, well, dude, you, <laughs> it's not happening. Um, so, uh, yeah, go ahead and spark it up, boys. Um, time is of the essence tonight. I, I jokingly say that. Oh, ding, ding, ding. We were supposed to do a double feature movie tonight. Oh, you got to be. No, no, no. I just bought this. Well, it's full. It, oh, we got a bad lighter in the house. Come on, Vertigo. Hey, 67 episodes. I can't remember. Uh... Yeah, that's a, that's a strong barnyard aroma. Oh, yes. I mean, it's, on, uh, it's, it's on... like hay and, and like fresh earth. No, I, I told uh, Tut when we were doing website photographs earlier. I took one. I took a strong one. I'm like, is that? Uh, yeah, it's cow shit. <laughs> fresh. <laughs> So dark, it's been rolled in only the finest cow shit. Uh, no, and chocolata. Let's we'll go by the terms of uh, the High Council of Cigar Tasters. Barnyard. Barnyard. It's as if a cow shit right now on. Now this it. one, 
like you saw Tuttle do here, I would recommend lighting it with you know some well, light down here and then. But because of that closed wrapper, I suggest lighting it with it in your mouth because you're going to get some really strong hits of that pure broadleaf wrapper in the you know with it in your mouth. It sounds dirty. Again, riveting podcast while we all <laughs> light our cigars and uh, just clicking of lighters. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> One day I'll get off my lazy click, ass click, and click. edit out those those, those awkward uh, clicking pauses, but um, <laughs> no, my lighter's not working. Initial thoughts, Chuck? Uh, a little too soon to tell. Smoke profile on this bad boy is beautiful. Well, you were here for the pictures for the website. I mean, as far as smoke production, I don't know if we've seen a cigar like this on the show. The entire time, uh, traveling out the the head of the cigar down to the foot. I mean, it just lingers on the body of the cigar. Yeah. That's that good old gangster cigar look. Let me tell you something, Ken. Nice nostril tingling spice on the on the initial retro hail. Really strong on the nose. Um, it's got oomph. It's got oomph, uh, but my sinuses are suddenly clear. Um, a really nice spice, though. Uh, not a black pepper. I would, I would say more of a like a jalapeno, a pepper spice. Uh, yeah. Nah, I'm not getting jalapeno. Jalapeno. And much like the first cigar I sampled during the pictures, my first thoughts are black coffee and cream, with just a, a really strong retrohale. Don't get the cream. I do sense the coffee. Do sense the coffee. The black coffee. Um, and, and then, well, let's come back to it. Um, well, Mystery of the Deep Beer. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Cernanok in Macedonia translates to uh, a dark night. Not like night with armor, but N-I-G-H-T. So... Um, Mainly Mystery of the Deep. I, I, I thought it would be a, an ample time to do a shark movie. We've never done a shark movie on the show. Um, and when I saw that there was two very similar, recent, successful shark movies that come out in theaters. The Doctor had actually reviewed both for our website. Uh, I was like, this is right up our alley. We'll do two, a double feature of two similar recent shark movies. Compare and contrast. Uh, that sounds great. Um, and then I went to... I watched one. Yeah. Uh, our movie tonight, 47 Meters Down, just hit Netflix. Um, 2017 movie. I was going to pair it with the movie The Shallows, starring Blake Lively, a 2016 very similar movie. Um, well, you guys ready for my quick uh, rant? Before we get things started, 
I got a lot of things to say to you people. Yeah, yeah. Go on, fill us I in. I really wanted this double feature to happen. We talked about it a lot last week at the pub. You know what? Like, wow, two theatrical movies within a year of each other about kind of tortured uh, young women by sharks in Mexico. Like, this would be a great time. Let's let's kind of look at them and do what we do best. I mean, The Shallows, there's a young woman surfing on vacation in Mexico. She finds herself stranded on a small rock and stalked by a killer shark. I thought it'd be fun, interesting to compare the approach of that film with tonight's film. It's like Tremors, except on the ocean. Pretty much. Yeah. But I, I thought it'd be cool to look at the way they handled their female protagonist as opposed to 47 Meters Down, the way they did their shark effects. Like, let's let's have fun comparing the two. Sounds great, right? It does. Well, a major Hollywood hit movie, and you can't rent it anywhere online unless you want to buy it for 15 bucks. It's pretty crappy why it just got released i mean like a year ago two years ago correct i'll get to that so then i went to plan b where we'd partner up 47 meters down with a prototypical early 2000s straight to home video shark movie to see how far they've come in the last 10 15 years uh pre-sci-fi movie where it's like middle school level cgi sharks yeah like it's gotten ridiculous like uh, in early 2000s to see the difference in the two approaches sounds like fun right Yes. Well, when I went to rent Shark Attack 3 Megalodon, which is by far the best of those type of movies by Longshot, it wasn't available to rent anywhere online. So no double feature. Uh, I looked for other stuff, but I'm not going to force something to fit in where it doesn't belong. Fuck Manicus style. Um, wait for the chuckling. <laughs> Took a little bit for me. But as far as these films being available, what the fucking fuck, man? It's crazy. Uh, This has been an ongoing problem since we started the podcast three years ago. It seems like every other episode I pick a perfect film to pair with that night's uh, cigar and the beer. And you can't watch the goddamn thing anywhere. Hamburger, the motion picture. Hot Moves, Fraternity Vacation. Burt Reynolds, Hooper that we're going to be doing soon. The list goes on and on, and I refuse to watch them and instruct you guys to watch them illegally because that makes us a part of a much bigger problem. Right. We're not doing that. Uh, but if you're a listener out there and you have some technical knowledge of streaming services and would be interested in helping us out, I think I've mentioned this before, if we could set up our own Roku channel, because a lot of people a lot lesser than us have Roku channels. If you can help us set up a Roku channel where we can stream the movies that we do on the show that aren't available anywhere else, please contact us. I don't want to make any money off of this. Everything after operating costs and whoever helps us, you know, give them some chunk of change, will go straight to the producers of these films. But these films need to be seen. They're just sitting there. It is 2018. We can launch a goddamn Tesla convertible to Mars, but I can't watch Hamburger the Motion Picture from my living room? There's something wrong with that. Am I right? No, I actually do agree. Uh, maybe these, not with it's your ridiculous. movie. Maybe want, not with your movie selection, but I. <laughs> I want these films available. Premise. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And especially with how cheap server space is right now, uh, there, there's no reason you can't go. Well, if you uh, put every movie available on a server, no, it can be done. If we had our own Roku channel where we could go to the producer of these films and be like, "Look, you're not making any money. It's not available anywhere." We'll feature it on the show. We'll talk about it for three hours. We obviously are interested in it, or else we wouldn't be contacting you. After costs, anybody who rents this thing, on, you'll get the money. 
That would it's be just, one. It's a dead weight project. Just a scary Roku channel. Well, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying it wouldn't be, but uh, now the FCC won't let us be. I it just. It's so frustrating. So two potentially really fun double features tonight, and we're not doing any. Because, I agree. I mean, it's, uh, it's just it, it's ridiculous. Well, they sh- they should have the stuff out there. I mean, especially for what I don't understand is like hamburger because that is a cult classic. Uh, I, I can't believe that it's not out there somewhere. It is if you. Well, yeah, if you want to download it illegally, want to watch it illegally, yeah. which you know what I've said it before on the show. I'll say it again. I made a film. You know, got released on DVD in 2010. Within the first two weeks, I was sent a link to an illegal streaming, you know, torrent site. It had already been illegally downloaded almost 30,000 times. Yeah. So I can't, in good conscience, go... Oh, it's not hurting anybody. Guess what? Yes, it is. That was an independent project. Small curve. Paid for with my credit card. The doctor put in his... I'm not going to go into the specifics. A lot of people put a lot of money and hard work into this. You are hurting people, you assholes. And that's a whole other discussion. I don't Uh, care. I see it a lot on, on, uh, you know, cigar Facebook groups where a guy will be like out in the, out in the man cave watching, you know, the last Jedi. And then people be like, Oh sweet. What's, you know, what's the link? Oh here, man. It's, I, I, I rigged a fire card. Or, you know, I don't, I don't, yeah. I'm showing my age here. I don't <laughs> fire card a thing. I don't know Some, something. Uh, you are a technical genius, Kate. <laughs> That's why you wear the headphones, my friend. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it, and I, it just takes everything in my being just not to be like. There's no difference between that and you walking into a tobacco shop, grabbing five or six cigars and just leaving. Oh, that cigar manufacturer makes enough money. They make plenty of money. Or no, the typical viewer, well, if I like them, I'll come back and buy more. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to watch the movie. If I like it, I'll buy the DVD. Oh, bullshit. No. You're fucking... Though it's funny because I have a little bit of a weirdness with the music industry because after about the fifth time of paying for someone, some version of it, I think I've paid you enough for this song. I bought the cassette. I bought the vinyl. <laughs> I bought the digital version three times. Yeah. But the DRM version, the iTunes That's version, between the you Amazon and Travis versions. Tritt's estate. <sighs> he's, he's, he's still alive. He's still alive. Oh, good God, he's still alive? <laughs> he tells me anything. He hasn't sued us yet? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so we're doing one shark movie tonight. Uh, that's my little rant. It's over. But uh, it is something I, I, I just, I'm constantly frustrated by. Uh, we are going to have to, uh, not next episode, but the next episode, we're actually going to have to gather here in the Cornoho, hook up a fucking TV and a DVD player, and watch the movie Go together. Because we can't stream it anywhere. I don't want to watch it with you guys. No offense. Oh. I probably should have thought about that before I said it out loud. I mean, it'll be fun watching it with you guys. And for anybody smart enough to put the connection and say, wait a minute, you don't want to do a cigar because they can't get it, so you're going to review a movie that we can't stream? Trust us. It'll work out. <laughs> You'll enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, never again. What we do on the show, you can get your hands on. Uh, so you can get the spear, and you can get the cigar, and you can watch tonight's movie on Netflix right now. Netflix. It's actually the first thing when you go to, like, 
trending movies yeah, or whatever. It was, it's, yeah, it was pretty it's right there. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about it. Actually, before I start, um, it is our first shark movie. I, man, I debated whether I was going to do this tonight or not. Um, you may have heard this before, maybe not. My shark story? Your shark story? You know I don't go in the water. I do I mean, now. Maybe, maybe we, <laughs> we're not as close as I thought we were. <laughs> I don't go in the water. I haven't gone in the water in many, many, many years. Um, but just to give you a little bit of where I'm kind of coming in this movie from, and all shark movies from, um, when I, as a youngster, my grandparents uh, owned a sailboat in the Bahamas. The Jubilee was the name of the sailboat. And uh, my grandpa was a very um, accomplished sailor. I don't know if that's... He was in the Navy, but I mean, he was very, very skilled uh, at the sailboat. So my family would go down to the Bahamas frequently um, during the summers. Um, you know, it was a big family, so not everybody would go. But I made, I was down there as a, as a baby. I went back quite a bit. My last trip down there, uh, to skip ahead, I want to say maybe eighth grade. What are you then, 13-ish? Yeah. Went down there. It was my mom and me and my grandma and grandpa, just the four of us on this on this little excursion. And, uh, you know, if you've ever seen or been to the Bahamas, crystal clear blue waters. I mean, it's just gorgeous. And uh, we left NASA, went out. And um, one day we were out, no land in sight. Um, sailed out quite a ways. And you had two options if you wanted to take a shower. You could get a big bag of salt water, put Sounds some great. stuff in it, hang it over the, one of the sail masks, and kind of put a nozzle on it and, and shower. Or you could grab wait for that salt water to dry. Or you could grab a bar of soap and jump over the side of the, the side of the boat and just take a quick bath in the ocean. So, being a strapping young, hard-bodied thirteen-year-old that I was, I grabbed a bar of soap, jumped over the side. Everybody's playing cards and just uh, having a lazy day on the boat. And I'm out there. Uh, I'm out there uh, just scrubbing, dubbing a little bit. Middle of nowhere, no land in sight, and all of a sudden, very calm waters. All of a sudden, my feet are on top of something, and that's that's not that's not ever a good sensation when you're in the middle of the ocean. My, I'm resting on something now. That's what makes you just come up right out of that water. Oh, that's what makes you shit your trunks. <laughs> uh, I looked down, and there was a very large black shadow beneath me that I was standing was on. Testing you out, seeing what you were. A heart went up in my throat, and I completely par- uh, paralyzed yeah. in fear. Probably helps you out a little bit. I'm watching the bar of soap float away uh, to this day I was 13 uh, quite a bit older now I've never experienced primal fear like this it's a remorseless eating machine my hearing got like vacuumed to where like I couldn't even you know the water was kind of hit I, but I couldn't everything was shutting down 
And I could kind of finally, they were like, oh, oh, hey, it's been an hour. Where's Matt? I hear my grandma yelling to me from the, the side of the, the boat. But it's like muffled because I'm, I'm, I'm catatonic at this point. And I finally look over at her. And I see her yelling, but I can't. I can't hear at this point. I'm just totally shut down. And finally, uh, they throw a life preserver to me. Yeah. It's gone. Whatever was beneath. It was fucking enormous. <laughs> it was a little sand shark, but you know, fear <laughs> elevates it to sixteen. It was a six, seven foot. I'm telling you, it was the world's biggest sea turtle. If I ever, <laughs> it was not a sea turtle. So to that. I got up in the boat. I finally managed to speak again. I, I told them, you know, what what had happened, and you know, they were very sympathetic. And they, I, I had never went in fresh water again. Ever lakes? Nope. Creeks? Nope. I would didn't go in pools for a long time. Hot tubs <laughs> was it? I was a hot tub only guy, and even then, I was very. <laughs> Somebody else get in first. So I have a very uh, uh, kind of homegrown fear of water, so uh, which is great for shark movies because I I can usually put myself in into the situation. That's funny uh, because I'm a water boy. I'm just yeah. oceans a little bit kind of freak me out. Uh, mainly surf, surf does. Uh, I quit telling people this story though because you know. I, Especially after I had kids, we'd go to pool parties and stuff, and they'd be like, "Hey, man, hop in." We we're like, "No, no, no, I don't go in the water." And they're like, "I used to be like, well, you know, there was an incident when All I was young." All of a sudden, it's like the Bachelor producers come up with a <laughs> with, with like a little goldfish. Just <laughs> no, but I but I, I would tell people, I'm like, no, I, I had a pretty traumatic incident when I was younger. I, I don't go in the water. And I was at this one pool party with my kid, and he's like, "Oh." He's like, yeah, we we I've uh, been to the Bahamas many times. It's probably a nurse shark. It's like, yeah, they eat plankton. They're big, but uh, which yeah, but you, which robs know my that. story of any kind of spookiness. No, it doesn't. If, if you don't know what a nurse shark the, if, is, if that's the cap of my story, turns out, boys, it was a nurse shark. <laughs> the, the most cheesy, <laughs> wimpy shark of the world. What was it? Great white mako? No, no, no. Nurse, nurse shark. shark. She heals people. She takes care of sick other sharks. Maybe she thought you were drowning and came to she prop you up. She actually come to help me. That's what she was doing. Stand She's, on me. Stand on me and live. It's like, fuck you, asshole. I don't want to know about nurse sharks. No, look it up there. No, I'm not looking it up. No nurse sharks. Nurse uh. sharks. Well, if that is true and nurse sharks will take care of you. Let's take a quick moment to talk about a cigar that'll take care of you. The Undercrown Sungrown Cigar from our friends at Drew Estate. Uh, we featured it back on episode 59 last year. Ended up coming at number 9 on our top 10 list of 2017. Uh, featuring a delicious Ecuadorian Sungrown Sumatra wrapper. The Undercrown Sungrown quickly became a current favorite of mine. You like them too. You smoke the hell out of them. Uh, so get out there to your local retailers and pick up a handful. You won't regret it, I promise. Uh, you can learn more at www.drewestate.com. Before we get into the tonight's movie, boys, uh, an inch in, 
first third impressions of the cigar? Um, I'll go to you for it. Yeah, uh, first of all, just the smoke production of this thing is beautiful. Uh, it really is aesthetically very pleasing. The uh, smoke lingers on the body of this cigar. Look at that. I mean, it literally, it doesn't go up. It goes over and up, and then it, I mean, it's 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 what I want in a broadleaf cigar as far as smoke production. It is construction alone on the cigar is aces uh, yeah, yeah. across the boards. Construction's very nice. Uh, it's definitely got the, the traditional Lajero profile to it. Uh, you get a little bit of leather as well. Uh, I'm getting a hint of gram on the on the retro hell. I think maybe what I'm getting cream you're you're getting as a as a cracker gram. Yeah. Uh, we've gotten those confused before. I'm I'm getting uh the, the black coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, about an inch in I started to get the chocolate. Yeah. Um I've had it? I've had all those notes. Uh, I'm wondering if because for some reason I keep I almost taste raisins, but I don't quite I almost think that's the bitterness of the chocolate. I mean, not, not, I mean, not the bitterness of the chocolate, the bitterness of the coffee taste. I, I'm not getting any sweetness. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm getting really dark. I would have just the dark, just flavors. that cream, coffee, just chocolate. You getting cream? Little, little touch of that. Yeah. It's more, more dark chocolate. A little yeah. bit of cream on it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to transfer from gram to cream. Three creams. Yeah, I think three so. Three coffees and yeah. three chocolates. I'm not. I, I'm and not and a the big coffee. I, I don't have a lot of cream in my coffee. I had uh, some of that initially, you know, but I mean the coffee black, flavor. Sure, coffee flavor for me has kind of died down, but maybe that just might, maybe my palate is a little more used to that. No, yeah. so I'm not. I am getting just such a great creamy note on the yeah. on the retro, and uh, just just a really nice dark like you, like uh, Yak Boy said, dark chocolate and coffee. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna. I will g- say that uh, I'm surprised for a double hero that the nicotine's not. Not there for me. Uh, it was not, uh, when I initially lit up. I mean, I had you know, my lips were tingling big time, yeah. but that sort of settled down. Yeah, it's still there yeah. a little bit, but not as much as it was initially. Yeah, we've done other double arrows where that nicotine just kind of beats you over the head. Jacob's ladder nicotine. comes yeah. to yeah. mind. Where that just. Like, uh, I will say, having smoked one of these uh, the, prior to recording the show tonight, um, for me that kicked in the final third. Okay. Um, so let me know. Uh, down the road, it's it's a really tasty cigar. Um, it is, it is. And you know, it, it, as a broadleaf lover, um, boy, a lot of them just don't get it right for some reason. There's always something missing, or it's or it's maybe a little one dimensional. Yeah. Um, to me, that that cream, coffee, chocolate is what I look for in a broadleaf with strength. Yeah. And um, especially in the final, the, the the second half, the strength is really there for me. But uh, man, for a double Lajero to have that much cream and that much just not kick you in the balls, the cream actually is surprising off of a double double Lajero. I agree. To me, it is. I, that's one of the that's one of the tastes that I have a hard time really kind of kind of locating. Uh, even tonight, you know, I'm thinking that it's cream. So. Maybe I'm just I need to eat more cream or whatever. It uh, could be also that shirt you put on. Maybe it's. Uh, I feel like we've been joined by Dan from Roseanne. <laughs> hey, that's a good character. I like Dan from Roseanne. Um, I'm sorry, it is freaking cold in here, and I don't care. 
Uh, nobody's judging. It's winter. Although you did throw out a little judgment there a minute ago. Uh, did you hear that? What? Only real men drink black coffee. Real men don't put cream in their coffee. Yeah, that's true. That's kind of bullshit. No, that's true. That's true. Do you drink your coffee black? I do. Always? Pretty much, yes. I mean, uh, sometimes... I seem to remember you, you putting I'm not, creamer I'm not in your coffee. I'm not saying that I don't occasionally, but for the most part. I, 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 I was a big coffee mate guy for years. Uh, my grandma, when I first started drinking coffee, my, my grandma did it. And so I, I, I grew an affinity for that. If I know that I can actually get real cream. Now I do half and half um, in, in my coffee. But I, I, I do enjoy uh, I don't. I don't, of, I don't yeah. like the artificial creamers. I, oh, no, no, if no, I, can, I, if no, I can get a hold of real cream or, no or milk, van, then I'm fine Yeah, with no that. vanilla, no uh, pumpkin spice. But yeah. uh, I, I, I do like uh, some half and half in my... Every now and then I'll go for a good pumpkin spice latte. Well, you know, when it, first hits the, when it first hits the season, nice fall. It's pretty, it's pretty nice. Yeah. They do of, taste good. No one's, no one's going to mm-hmm. say and, and you know what? There's, there's so many great coffees out there now, too, that you just... Uh, See, that's the funny thing is that uh, the brewery that we have there in Cedar Park, which is awesome, called Redhorn, they're a coffee house as well. They do their own coffees. And they they started out as a coffee house, and they went to a brew pub, and they started using... They actually roast their own beans? Oh, yes. And this thing is... I had like an Ethiopian slow drip or something like that, and it was... Exquisite. You might want to see a doctor about that. And they were like, "Oh, that was the name of the coffee." Yes. Yeah. Okay. And my friends were like, "Oh yeah, yeah." And I was just like, "I, I, I'm, I'm stopping. I'm, I'm not going to have any more of their coffee." And they were like, "Why? And it's, if it's so good, why not?" And I was like, "Because I'm happy with a cup of Folgers. Why, why go from you know a fifty cent cup of Folgers to like a eight dollar a glass Ethiopian thing? Let me enjoy my Folgers. I'm, fa- I'm fine." I, uh, I I've been um, on a big time coffee kick lately. I, I discovered one that I just love. Uh, I don't know if I should give him a shout out. Eh, laughing donkey. Um, laughing donkey. Laughing donkey. It's a Texas, uh, I think, Independence Coffee. Yeah, I've never heard out of. Uh, I'm not sure. Where I've heard out of Independence. Of. Um, they 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 do a laughing coffee espresso. I get the whole bean, grind them up every weekend. Uh, it's not a everyday thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and hell, as long as we're talking coffee, go to uh, our, <laughs> our good friends over at Honest, Honest Roast. Roast Coffee. Uh, our friend Matt up in Wisconsin uh, does it better than anybody else. I, I was just thinking that Matt's listening going, you motherfucker. Well, I'm sure he turned <laughs> off when you talk about your wonderful Folgers. <laughs> Might have to edit that out. Uh, got no coffee cred now. <laughs> Uh, but no, I was actually thinking about him the other day. I, w- I want to send him some of this laughing donkey to see what he thinks. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not a coffee snob, but I, l- I love good coffee. Yeah. And uh, you're right. When you get the good stuff, it <laughs> you're like blown away it, by yeah, it. I mean, I, I don't know what Folgers taste like, but uh, <laughs> I've never actually, I've never dropped to those levels. Let me tell you something about a coffee. I'll tell you what's good. You ever had McDonald's coffee? <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. It's not terrible. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, um, I don't mind. But yes, uh, he, he's a good brother of the Leaf. He's a good friend of the show. Go to Honest Rose Coffee. Order some some beans from from Matt. Uh, we uh, we we appreciate him. Uh, he, I am more than happy to give a, a plug to. Um, you guys ready to talk about this movie? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, real quick, it's kind t- of interesting. Real quick, t- uh, the beer 
you were oh this is so strong are, are you enjoying it I think as far as a double IPA it's got a lot of flavor that a non IPA guy can can still have a good time with it it's not driving me away uh Good. That's the, that's the best I can give you, Barrow. You know, I, I'm surprised. I'm really surprised in terms of you know for it being like an 85 IBU, it doesn't. To it doesn't me, it's not very bitter. It. Yeah, it's not. It's not bitter. Yeah, I mean, we've had and I I don't know if I'm experienced enough with the high IBUs to where like there's been some high IBU beers that we've tasted. It's like I literally feel like I'm licking a pine cone. This doesn't taste that way. Is it like a different style of hops? That, I that I, I think they did it right with their their malt blend because yes. I'm, I'm getting a lot more malt. Is that off. what you think it is? It's the malt part on I'm there. I'm getting a lot more malts than I get on a lot of double IPAs. Okay. I, I think they balanced it right to where you know we've said it before. I mean, you get those double those double and triple IPAs where your your tongue is burning and you literally can't taste your dinner that night. Right. And, and while that's fun, uh, this isn't that beer. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. kind of like a jalapeno pepper. You want that nice blend where you don't want it to burn all your taste buds out. You don't want to be the badass, like, check it out, guys, at the, at the Mexican restaurant. I'm, eating, <laughs> I'm doing this, and then you're, like, crying, and, like, you can't eat your dinner, and you're just a big asshole. <laughs> I heard stories from other people that did that. 47 right. meters down. 2017, directed by Johannes, J-O-H-A-N-N-E-S. Yes. Johannes? Sure. Johannes. For Robert, tonight. Roberts. Uh, I'm not familiar with any of his prior credits, but I did see where his next film is The Strangers Pray at Night, a sequel to the 2008 exercise and style horror film The Strangers, uh, which I remember quite enjoying, actually. Uh, Strangers was pretty good. Liv Taylor. Yes. And, uh, okay, Scott I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. uh, the, you. The director of that film went on to do a film we did here on the show, Mockingbird. The, okay. Uh, the, yeah, the uh, one I pooed all over. The one that you just the found footage that found I just footage like clown jump movie. scare like every ten uh, seconds. I liked it. Um, so uh, he's actually moved on to do that, and he's also currently in pre-production on a sequel to the movie we're discussing tonight, entitled Forty Eight Meters Down. Oh God, <laughs> they're going no. down one more meter. No, in which five backpackers go diving in a ruined underwater city and quickly learn they are not alone in the submerged Why? caves. Oh. Excellent. I'm currently writing a screenplay for the film 69 Meters Down. Uh, I'm hoping to get Stormy Daniels signed up soon. Uh, so stay tuned to the TNCC Facebook page uh, for some updates on that project. Uh, 69 Meters Down. I've already got my movie written in. It's called 10 Inches Up. <laughs> I, it is fiction. I mean, I would just okay, want to put well, that. Uh, we will not have updates about that on our Facebook page. Um, Everybody knows it's twelve. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, do you think Stormy? Do you think Stormy would be like, "What is this? It's a bathing suit, Stormy." Put it. Oh, I don't need this. Huh? What am I supposed to do with this? God bless you, Stormy. Stormy Daniels. So, uh, forty-seven meters down, as we're shown the opening credits set over some dark, ominous underwater Ooh. footage, uh, two names popped up in the credits that immediately caught my eye. One, uh, in a pleasant way, the soundtrack is by Tom and Dandy, uh, a group who I'm a fan of. Their mix of electronic music and ambient sound design made their work on The Strangers, the original Strangers, uh, and the Hills Have Eyes remake uh, really memorable. Um, 
I really dig their their kind of mix of synth and 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 just kind of electronic sound design. So I was, I was excited to see that they were doing this. Um, although in the end, they they actually don't do much. Uh, yeah. This film is very sparse on the on the soundtrack. Yeah, and it was also executive produced by Harvey Weinstein. Uh, did you see that? No, I did not. Uh, can we can we be reviewing this now? I have to I mean, imagine that's not a credit we'll be seeing too much of anymore. This movie actually, it's got a funny story. It was going to be released straight to video, and then someone came in at the last minute and bought it, and was like, hey, I can go release this. But then somebody didn't get the memo, and it actually went out to a lot of countries on DVD the week it went out in theaters. So it was like a big mess, Yeah, the, the theatrical distribution of the film. Um, but it actually ended up doing pretty good box office. I was about office. to say funny because I mean, as as popular as it is, I wonder why other people haven't picked that up and said, you know what, maybe we don't need to hold off video demand. For, uh, well, a lot of films now are doing same day theatrical video on demand. Um, those movies you can see in the theater, at home, whatever. The movies I want, you can't see anywhere. Yes. Imagine that. But uh, you're not yeah, going to see Fuck Manicus on. Uh, <laughs> they actually oh, wait, no, actually, you can stream that pilot. I think though they changed the name. The DVD release was in the deep. Um, they changed the name. It, it was kind of a, a weird thing. Um, but here it is on Netflix, and here it is. We're going to talk about it. All right. Well, immediately after the credits, we're introduced to two beautiful sisters, uh, Lisa, played by. Thespian and I think a pretty at one time popular recording artist Mandy Moore mm-hmm. and Kate uh, played by Claire Holt who I was unfamiliar with but uh, the doctor our fourth member uh, actually reviewed this film on our website you can go read it I guess she was big on like the some of the WB shows like uh, Vampire Diaries or yeah. um, Pretty Little Liars yeah. kind of that whole scene Mandy Moore is uh, yeah, boy, I know you're a big fan of This Is Us. I guess she's a, a regular cast member on there. Yeah, no, I'm not. But did, did, I'm familiar did, did with you the cry, show. Did you cry at the the last Sunday after the Super Bowl? I, I've heard people say it's been very good and it was heart-wrenching and I, I, I haven't watched I've, it I've never so seen ever. an episode either. I just remember at one point she showed up to some award show me anymore and she had this low-cut dress and I remember making the joke. She's going to be on a new show. These are them. <laughs> and it didn't go over very well either. Uh, at that, I got about this reaction when I... <laughs> and that's why I'm not mm-hmm. allowed to tweet anymore. Uh, well, the two sisters are vacationing at a resort in Mexico. Uh, turns out Lisa's boyfriend, Stuart, has recently left her. Uh, he told her she was boring. Yeah, that's believable. And she thought coming down to Mexico spontaneously and partying her ass off would show him just how unboring she could be. Yeah, that's believable. And this is about as basic as the dialogue is. Like, he said I was boring, so I came down here to party. I'm going to show him I'm not boring. I mean, it's that very... Is, that's the dialogue. High school screenwriting class uh, type stuff here. Very good analysis. Well, I am a professional <laughs> film podcaster. Um, no, there's not a lot to work with on it. I mean, just but when she texts Stuart to tell him about her crazy night of drinking and dancing, he still thinks she's too boring. <laughs> and yeah, my he, bags are packed. And he informs Lisa he's cleared out of stuff. He's out here. I'm sorry you're still boring. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm leaving. The, the, um, okay, the uh, party scene uh, at the Cabo whatever. Mexico. 
just so it was like generic bar with like a, a tiki yeah theme but the music wasn't Mexican it was just there was nothing that that I didn't know whether it was Mexico the Bahamas South Carolina Texas the resort is generic the girls are generic yeah, I just the dialogue is generic yeah I didn't it's, yeah I didn't get the I didn't get the the well, it's nice a shark movie you're not here vibe. for the you're not here for the nuance well see and that's one thing I was like okay well Yes, I, I I do appreciate. Let's get to the action. Let's get to the action quick. Let's but get to where we've our seen story what is. shark movies that actually do pay attention to some character, Jaws, to a lesser extent, uh, but to an enjoyable film. You look at like Deep Blue Sea, yeah, or uh, a crocodile movie, Lake Placid, where they put oh, yeah. so oh, yeah. much emphasis on character and backstory. This is literally. My boyfriend dumped me because I'm boring. Let's do some unboring things and maybe I can win him back. Let's That's get literally the, the words coming out of their mouths. <laughs> I know. Man, you are a Hollywood screenwriter. Apparently not. <laughs> well, dejected by Stuart saying you're still lame, I'm out of here. The next night, Lisa joins Kate and two random local uh, Mexican dudes for dinner and they tell her about this amazing local shark cage attraction that they just have to do. For 100 U.S. dollars, Captain Taylor will send them down into the water to be surrounded by 25-foot great white sharks. Um, have you guys ever vacationed in Mexico? Yeah. Uh, I did a, a cruise. I was playing a cruise there. Did you ever actually go into Mexico? Uh, the the islands, yeah. I mean, uh, Puerto Vallarta, uh, all those little stops you around there. You been? Yeah. Uh, well, I have, and let me tell you. Uh, this one, I was like, this bar is no senior frogs. We 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 vacationed in Porto uh, Porto Vallarta, mm-hmm. um, which was right outside uh, our resort. First of all, the just the quote unquote cab ride to the hotel <laughs> was the second most frightening experience after that shark <laughs> in the fucking Bahamas. <laughs> see, see, but then. I was really uh, captivated because you could take a trip up into the mountains very slightly from our resort to visit the shooting of where they shot Predator. And they had the chopper. That The chopper is still Jim up Hopper's the chopper. They actually, well, not in the trees, but they brought oh, it. Oh, I remember you telling me about this. They brought it down. Yeah. And they you can go out there. And what it is is you have to ride these donkeys up in these mountains. <laughs> and then you get to the chopper and you have a, they, they give you a picnic lunch. And you get some pictures. I took one look at these donkeys. I'm a pretty big guy. And I wasn't quite this big then. You know, we're talking 17 years ago, maybe. If I sit on that fucking donkey, I'm going to hear donkey bones crushing, donkey knees crumbling to dust. I can't do it. I was like, I, I can't. I can't. I'm All not, I could think of is if, if I saw Cade on a donkey, is I would just be hearing that theme music from Two Mules for Sister Sarah. He just he just sees that little little monk, little nun's habit. Well, you know, muscle yeah. weighs muscle weighs more than fat. That's a that's science. Uh, but if I'm not going to gamble on a if I'm not going to gamble on a sickly little Mexican donkey. <laughs> You can bet your fucking huevos I ain't gonna go out there and swim in sharks with some Mexican guy. 
<sighs> Mexican shark cage. I'm immediately saying no, thank you. You guys? I wouldn't either. But I, I did love. I did love the uh, the the warning that they did through the dialogue. Was the all whole, that laughing about me on a donkey? No, no. It was about the the scene, the the funny. You know, the forty seven meters. <laughs> And you mentioned that fucking song. <laughs> this one is goddamn beer. <laughs> well, guess what? Cautious, boring. Are you Lisa. ready for your donkey, Senior Cade? <laughs> Fuck no. What is that? The, no, that was the donkey that looks. <laughs> Fuck no. Awesome. Right, see how It's all right. I can take it. <laughs> I can take the hits. <sighs> no, I did like how they were like, uh, what's her name was so distraught about it. She was just like, no, 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 no. I've heard stories about these Mexican shark cages. Really? Have you uh, Have you heard stories? Cautious, boring Lisa feels the same way I do. Until Kate, her sister, taunts her with, just think of the photos, Lisa. Think how unboring you'll look if you send these to Stuart. Oh, well, now I got to. I'm in. <laughs> My left brain logic was telling me no, not to okay. get into the water with sharks, but you're t- goading. Well, you've established this girl is willing to do anything to win this guy back who thinks she's boring. And what better way to show you're not boring than swimming with 25-foot great white sharks? Or in my case, riding a sickly, <laughs> HIV-ridden donkey up the mountains of Puerto <laughs> Vallarta. Well... Man, it's one. It's weird because there's part of me that I would like to be down in that cage. Not me. But man, I don't know. I don't know. Not, these not really, with we have these really cool TVs now, where you can like watch shit and it feels <laughs> close enough. Uh, I could be the, sitting at home drinking a drinking a double IPA. My problem is, is as soon as I see the captain, I'm probably out of there. Well, okay. Here now, you know, this is one of the things they're talking about. You know. 25 foot great white sharks. Do anyone, they have if, those? If, if yes, they, they in Mexico. I don't know about Mexico, but now I always thought Mexico was more hammerheads. I didn't know it was 25. I thought that would be like. If, was it, it, well, here's the thing that they're Wasn't not. They, they're just foot? saying like they're just saying like it's no big deal. But if if you remember correctly, the 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 most masterful of shark movies, Jaws. Jaws was 25 feet long. Correct. He's like that's a 20 foot or 25. And so they're going to go swim with the shark the size of Jaws. The thing that just tore apart, you know, Everything. the boat, ate everybody. <laughs> but we're going to put you into this flimsy aluminum cage and drop you in the water. Remember that first thing he ate? What could the go boat? wrong? What did he eat? The boat. <laughs> we're going to need a If you remember boat. Jaws 3, he ate SeaWorld. And, it, and here's the thing I'm looking at. Is it going to is, is you going to go notice out here? You're going to go to Captain Ooh. Taylor's boat and it's smaller than the Jaws <laughs> boat. It is true. It, it is smaller than Quint's boat and Jaws. Well, boom, cut to the next morning and they're down at the dock waiting for the shark boat. Lisa's super nervous still after uh, after all the hotel and their trip advisor uh, Expedia told her, "Don't book Don't anything do outside of us." <laughs> and uh, she, she, but Kate, Kate, her sister, calms her down, assures her everything will be just fine. Uh, despite the fact she's never scuba dived, and the captain and everyone seems pretty okay with that. At some point, even one of the guys well, like, no, the cap- "This is Mexico. 
We don't have regulations. <laughs> well, they definitely put me in that rusty cage and said, I was about to say, the captain asked if they'd both know how to scuba dive, and then he gave her that. No, that, but they both go, <laughs> Of course we do. Yeah, sure. And I love that look because it was like a pause, and I was like, All right, one, good acting. Two, maybe good directing. I love that little pause and that look. Well, enter Captain Taylor, played by, uh, man, this guy's had a career, Michael Modine. Yes. Matthew. Matthew, Matthew. Mo- Matthew Modine, I'm sorry. Maybe not that great a career if I can't, <laughs> I can't remember his name. Uh, Full Metal Jacket. Vision Quest. Vision Quest. Uh Pacific Heights with Michael Keaton. That's an underrated. Yes, that's fantastic. That's uh, most, uh, most recently, Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Stranger Things. He was the evil doctor in the first season of Stranger Things. Slash Papa. Papa. Uh, I like this dude, man. And he's uh, a sun-weathered gringo. Uh, got a headband on. Expat. And he's an expat. Did you guys get the idea that maybe he was just out there on that boat? Like, hey, is that Matthew Modine? You want to be in this movie? Like, he just looks. It kind of, I mean. <laughs> kind of was out there. Uh, but he puts him in their little dinghy, and uh, right. I'm actually impressed with for the little role that he had. Oh, it's so small, he did all this in one day. Yeah. Oh yeah. He all, he did all this in like two hours. Yeah. But he, he but he did it really well. He gets him in their dinghy. Well, he's he's a very likable guy. He's got he's always he's a movie star. Yeah. Okay. Movie stars yeah. show up, and and just in a minute, you just he's, he knows how to just project his voice where you like him. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a pro. Um, but he, he gets. I him kept in, waiting for him to like all throughout. Um, that go. Uh, this is okay. Well, he gets myself. him in their dinghy, uh, which is for you non uh, nautical knowledge people. It's a small boat that takes you out to the larger boat, which isn't much bigger. Which isn't much bigger. <laughs> uh, it's just a dinghy taking it out to a larger dinghy. I will say this though: the cinematography here, as the the big boat mo- makes its way out into deeper waters, uh, the vast wide open ocean. Uh, it's really crisp and beautiful. Uh, wide shots, very smooth, well executed. We've had some movies on the show recently. I'm looking at you, uh, Green Inferno, where it's clearly drone, fo- like consumer grade drone footage. Uh, this was clearly high. The, the 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 wide shots establishing it because this is it. Everything after this is underwater or they do. I thought the the shots of them going out to sea were really cinematic and really good no like you said this is this is it this is you it. only get just a little bit of this movie it's to a do very stuff like that. it's a very uh, <clears throat> concise movie as far as six cast members really six talking parts boom a club a resort and then boom the water and that's it like um, I, I do like movies that that kind of all right two girls and this and go. And they do do that very well. Not only that, it's very challenging to do something like this because you're restrained. Well, a whole it's challenging in that you really need to like the people involved. That's why you got to give a little and develop bit of the characters there. And, that, and that is where what makes Stuart so great that this girl's going to get into the ocean of sharks. Well, I, we never meet Stuart, although they did film a lot of footage with Stuart. Texting and talking to her, and guess who played Stewart? Who played Stewart? Dawson himself, Mr. James Vanderbeek, was Stewart. <laughs> Somewhere in their vault, there's a bunch of Stewart footage. Of well, see, James if they would have shown me that, then I would have been like, "Oh yes, and now I understand no, you're why." See I'm- James Vanderbeek text, "You're boring." <laughs> I pack my bags. You're still boring. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I thought about you today. Bored myself to sleep. 
I'm out of here. I couldn't sleep last night, then I thought about you. You really need Vanderbeek, a quality guy like Vanderbeek for that? Really, you don't. Why not? You have Modine out there for two hours as a boat captain. That's true. Um, but yeah, they did actually shoot some Stewart stuff, but it never made the, the final film. Okay. Well, that's a shame because, like I said, it's it was challenging for me to really get into the characters or to you know kind of latch on to them. Like I said earlier, it's high school writing in this thing. Uh, backstory, exposition. It's just basic stuff, and it's it's kind of embarrassingly basic. Especially, I asked my wife, because she watches the This Is Us show, I'm like, is Mandy Moore a good actress? Because I thought I had seen her in something, and she was pretty good. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, she's really good in, in This Is Us. I'm like, well, you would never know it from this, but I'm not blaming her. I'm blaming this. The screenplay's terrible. That's, that's the one thing that I told myself, God, 30 minutes into it, once we actually got into the water, I was like, you can't you can't hold anything against any of these actors because the limitations that were placed on them are are pretty severe. They're asked to do some pretty basic sh- shit, um, and that's not their fault. They're, they're they're doing their job. I think so. I think real I think quick, you're, right. you're halfway through. Yeah, uh, you're almost halfway through. Uh, before we get in the water here, beer and cigar. Cigar first. I'm gonna go to you first. Cigar. I'm still getting the chocolate. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the the cream on the on the retro hell I get uh, fairly strong, but the coffee is very light now. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not getting much of that. But I am like just the aroma is still really strong barnyard. Like even like just smelling it right now for me is like it's like hey, and I I got a lot of hay on the cold draw. I'm not. I, so I'm, I'm not I, getting that. That's on just the, really weird, you know. I'm like, yeah, no. Normally I'm, that like dies out really quick. Yeah. Normally, yeah. but I'm still getting like, I just I smell hay. I kind of wish I was. I like the smell of hay. I'm, I'm I not do, getting, but this. I'm actually getting coffee on the aroma. <laughs> Boy, uh, that's because I have a cup of coffee right here. <laughs> well, no, no. Um, uh, tut cigar. Uh, pretty consistent. Construction uh, is phenomenal. I've got um. Uh, Little bit of leather on the retro hail. You've mentioned uh, leather a little a few bit, a little bit of the cream on the retro hail. Uh, that coffee is still there, but it's like you said, it is way in the background now. Uh, I almost think that the leather is kind of overtaking it at the halfway yeah. point. Uh, still get a bit of that do- of the of the chocolate taste. I like that. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give you some props. Uh, I think maybe I had a hard time placing it. That leather. Um and chocolate, I think I, I think it was there on that first one too. I just I just wasn't thinking leather and yeah. Uh, on the on the draw in the mouth, big time uh, chocolate, but I'm also getting some leather. But man, that cream on that on that retro ale is so nice. Yeah. Uh, smoke production is just I just I just get enamored. Just wa- I take a puff and then I just watch the cigar. It's a sexy it's a sexy smoking cigar. It reminds me of old school League of Nines. Yeah, it really does. Um, just just the way that smoke would just hang out on the body of the cigar. Um, that and it's got a it's got a constant smoke deal. It's not one of those things to where the smoke kind of lazily wafts off the cigar. I mean, there's an actual intent burn to where it's 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 moving off of that cigar. I will say this: a little bit sooner than uh, the first cigar I smoked. 
I'm halfway through, and I am starting to get some of the some, spi- some of no some of the spice oh, okay. on the on the retro hail. Um, I, I I have touched up the burn line a little bit, and I did that on the initial one I smoked too. Yeah. Again, if you're uh, a seasoned cigar smoker, that shouldn't be a, a problem. Just nah, touch it up. Nah. But uh, draws, I barely cut the top, and draws been great. Um, I'm I'm really enjoying it, and it's it's not at all. Uh, I think I think when I asked Riste about pairing uh, with the beer, he threw some a couple different beers at me, and I, we none of them were available with our usual stuff. So uh, I I have no regrets about pairing it with the the, the it's not. This this cigar can stand up to any beer. Yeah, um, and as as an IPA guy, this is my. I, I totally I totally agree with you there, uh, and I'm. It's it's not my go to pairing on this, but I love the fact that it is able to withstand such a just in your face beer and not. It's not giving an inch to it. It's like. All right, you're hitting me with all these hops, and you're hitting me with all this bitterness off of your beer. But guess what? I'm standing right here with you, and you're not budging me. Yeah, no, it's it's a broadleaf that that uh, it's got some balls, and it, it, it's kind of living up to its its pedigree. And uh, the and the beer, man, I drink a lot of IPAs, but I will say I'm still not getting that nicotine though. No, not either. Huh. Uh, but but as far as strength. Look for it in that final third. Yeah, uh, especially on the retro. Hill. I'll be there in two minutes. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, but I mean, Yak Boy, we drink a lot of IPAs. We drink a lot of uh, doubles if we can find them. Um, this is this to me is one of the more flavorful, uh, yes, and smoother double IPAs where you get the kick that you're looking for the bitterness, but it, it's just the, I think it's the malts that balances it uh, to where it's just really it's smooth. It is. And that's, like I said, that's what surprised me about it. You know, over 80 IBUs, but it just, such low bitterness. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. I really do. I, I like it too. And the fact that he's drinking it is, is testament to that, you know, non-IPA guys can do a double IPA and not be totally turned off by it. Oh, I mean, if you like beer, you like beer. Can't argue with that. Well, immediately upon dropping anchor, the boat hand Javier. Actually, no, that's wrong. I've had beers that I hate. We've had beers on the show you've hated. I, just, <laughs> I, I was gonna just, I was just gonna move on and gloss over that. Uh, well, once once it you registered, you Trump. You totally <laughs> just said a, a, a complete fallacy, something you've contradicted millions of times. And I was gonna give you a pass, and then you like called yourself on it. Well, once I heard it in my head, and I was like, wait a minute, that's not no. I think the last bad, not bad, but really boring beer that we said we never do was the first episode of the year, that 1664, uh, the French beer. We like the Blanc. Yeah, the Blanc. The, the Cronenberg. But the yeah. 1664, the regular... Uh, it was just boring. Cronenberg was just yeah. boring. I'll, I'll never I mean, it was beer. I mean, it's not... If you give me... I had another one tonight. It was in the fridge. I drank it. It was beer. It's beer. Um... <laughs> But uh, no, this beer definitely has some personality. Mm-hmm. Um, so they drop anchor, and immediately the Mexican boat hand Javier starts tossing bloody chum in the water. Um, as the first great white fin immediately surfaces, 
Uh, Which looks very real. It's nice. It was a very cool shot. It's very, as soon as it pops up, hey, I was like, nice. At this point, I'm like, they're, they're taking a lesson from Jaws. Less is more. We see a shadow and a fin break the surface. But it looks real. It doesn't look CGI. Yeah. It looks really, really good. Looks a lot like what I saw in the Bahamas. That was no nurse shark. <laughs> that was no nurse shark. <laughs> uh, an excited Kate can't wait uh, to find Lisa and get in the water, but she can't find her anywhere. Well, you guessed it. Old, boring Lisa's in the bathroom barfing. Or as I call her, old, very reasonable Lisa. <laughs> I, I'm with Lisa. I, don't want, I wouldn't go in the damn thing. Um, she's uh, throwing up from seasickness and nerves. She tries to back out, but when Kate asks her, would Stuart be more impressed with shark cake picks? Man. Shark cage picks or bathroom bark picks? At this point... Lisa's I'm, back in. At this point, I'm starting to get mad at Stuart. I'm like, what kind of an asshole is Stuart that he's like... See, I'm, kind of thi- I'm, a, I'm the opposite. Like, that's why she really kick-ass dude if she's willing to go through all this stuff. He's a manipulative prick, this Stuart. Uh, I was thinking Matt Cade-esque badass. Especially <laughs> Vanderbeek's playing him. Vanderbeek prick. That's what it is. Boy, they talk about him a lot. <laughs> uh, and she's willing to go through... That's... Uh, and, and you don't understand why. I mean... She's... Move this one over. Calm <laughs> <laughs> uh, down. Uh, I mean, she's a like, beautiful girl. We don't know what she does for a living. We don't know anything about these girls because we're not given a glimpse into their lives at all. But she's Mandy Moore. She's gorgeous. But her life mission at this point is to impress this mysterious Stuart, <sighs> who just texts her and's like, "Fuck You're off." <laughs> <laughs> I read your diary. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm swimming with great whites. Still boring. <laughs> Show well, me more pictures of the shark. Well, the two smooth operators who talked them into this craziness, they go down first in the shark cage. Uh, after watching a giant 20-foot great white circling the boat, the girls naturally begin to put on their wetsuits and gear up. Lisa asks, does my butt at least look good in this suit? Uh, uh, always, thinking, always thinking of Cade. I mean, Stuart. <laughs> she's, she's thinking of Stuart. Uh, Captain Taylor gives them a very brief rush tutorial on what's going to happen. Basically, breathe slow so you don't use up your oxygen too fast. <laughs> if you get a pain in your ears, tilt your head back and swallow. Your air levels are at 200, and when they get down to 50, he'll need to bring them up. But they're only going to go down a measly 5 meters... So everything should be just fine. But the movie isn't called Five Meters Below. <laughs> and for some reason, I'm picturing Captain Ron giving all <laughs> <Well>, <laughs> uh, No, when he says that, we're only going down five meters. You're like, wait a minute. The name of this movie is 47 meters down. Uh-oh. Well, the two muchachos are pulled up out of the water just fine. They're hooting and hollering. They had a blast down there. So Lisa and Kate hesitantly take that's their... that's got to be a rush. Oh, yeah. You're in a cage and a fucking 20-foot shark comes Would you up. do it? I have actually been in a shark cage. Ooh! Cody's been in a shark cage. Tell us. I was in Hawaii. Went... And it was just one of those... I mean, It these... wasn't on land. You actually no, got in a shark cage in the water. Go out. Right, okay. 
but I mean, and you, we were dealing with really small nurse sharks, not nurse sharks. No, <laughs> no. I had a wound. They, they, they were they, they made their way to the cage and they the, patched me up. <laughs> the the lar- I mean, they were small. They the took largest. My <laughs> the largest one was about nine foot, but they were they were very narrow. They were just real long and, and very small. Uh, like reef sharks, tiger sharks, reef sharks. I guess you'd call. It. I, I didn't know what. I can't remember what the, the name of it. Nurse they sharks. basically just said that these the sharks come around the boats now because of the, the sharkus medicinus. That's the one. Were they chumming? Did they chum the water? They didn't have to. No. Actually, they they said it was illegal to do that. They now, actually mentioned that uh, the, the, these sharks have actually basically like been trained because where they went is where all like the fishing boats were coming in. Right. So like those guys as they're cleaning all the fish, they throw all the guts Chunking out. out. I didn't. Yeah. So these are more like scavengers. I failed to mention this. Uh, there is a scene where cool. ha- Javier. It's not, I'm not. Using I can it. look it up. I don't. <laughs> they were nurse sharks. Uh, there's a scene where Javier's chumming the water, and I think Kate says, "Isn't that illegal to chum the waters?" Yeah. And he's like, "It's Mexico, baby." Yeah, there's no regulations here. I'm fairly certain there are. <laughs> I, we just keep putting it out there, and we keep getting these ginormous sharks because we just keep feeding them. Get another bucket of fish heads; that'll shut her up. <laughs> um, well, the the two guys had a blast. So uh, Lisa and Kate hesitantly take their places in the cage, as if they aren't scared enough. Boat hand Javier tells Lisa that the sharks can hear her frightened heartbeat. So, calm down. What a jerk. Hey, they can hear it up to five miles away, your heart beating. And what a... And, oh, oh yeah, by the way, they can also smell your fear. I was about to say, they're not hearing anything. They're feeling the heartbeat. Oh, you're questioning Javier's bio... He doesn't, yes, have a, he doesn't have a degree in marine yes, biology. It's Javier. He's throwing chum. <laughs> Sorry, Javier. Let me get a little. I took high school biology. It's... Dude, uh, I have seen three shark weeks. I know what's up. I'm just saying, before they get in the water, that's what Javier says. No wonder TripAdvisor doesn't recommend these pendejos. <laughs> you know, Yakboy pendejos is Mexican for. Biat? No. No, Punta. Yeah, Punta is. Pendejos is ass. But you know, at that point, I would have been like, you know what? You think if I'm already already questioning. If you button your shirt up to the top and said Pendejo, you might. Then that would be borderline racist, and I don't want to risk that. It is cool. At that point, if someone's going to, like, you know, if I'm already, like, questioning it, and secondly, I don't care what anyone says, if I see a goddamn 20 foot great white shark, I ain't getting in the goddamn water. I'm in the cage. I am in the cage. I'm there. Now, maybe not a Mexican cage. No offense, Mexico, but it looked a little shady. If it I don't was know if I'm getting a, in that cage, but I would love to be in the water with that. I've spent some uh, quality time with Tut's wife over the years. <laughs> she's not getting in that water. <laughs> well, first of all, she's not going to Mexico. <laughs> she's going to Mexico. She's not leaving that resort. <laughs> She's damn not getting in that dinghy, and she's damn not getting in that boat. <laughs> Just saying. She'll get in the boat. Get uh, in the boat. Well, get in the boat. Well, once the girls are down in the water and the shark cage is submerged, there's a great POV shot from them looking up as Captain Taylor locks the cage from above and gives them the AOK signal. I, I love that shot of their last thing they look up 
He locks the cage, but through the water, and you see Matthew Modine. I love I, I it's a li- good looking shot. I like, I, mean, that, I like that point of view shot from them. Yeah. Like that's the last thing they see. It's it's a good looking shot, and but then again, like I said, that's that's but that's it. We're in a rusty shark cage in Mexico. Seems legit. <laughs> <laughs> But keep in mind, they're, what, 20-somethings? Supposed to be, I guess. Supposed to be. I'm pretty sure Mandy Moore's our age. 20-somethings, and they're, like... I'm sure, pretty sure Mandy Moore's our age. 20-somethings, they're in Mexico. They just got having fun, you know. I just keep thinking of that family guy skit where the fun. chicks are all, Mexico! <laughs> <laughs> There's truth to that. There's truth. It's, it's, yeah, they're, they're going yeah. there. They're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> having good times. <laughs> As the girls drop down the cage to embark on this special adventure, uh, let's talk about a cigar that'll give you a very special adventure. Uh, the Pappy Van Winkle Tradition Cigar from Drew Estate, featuring a beautiful, seamless Ecuador Habano Oscura wrapper. It is a nuanced masterpiece from master blender Willie Herrera. We all loved it when we reviewed it back on episode 61, so much so we named it our number four cigar of the year for 2017. Uh, special occasions like going down in a shark cage uh, call for special cigars if you come out of that shark cage alive <laughs> so pick yourself up if you go down in the shark cage and come out alive pick yourself up a special cigar the Pat Van Winkle tradition uh, at your local Drew Diplomat retailer and see what everyone's talking about we loved it uh, boy I had oh, one yeah. the other night it, yeah. they're, uh, they're, they're, they're holding tight man. It, it's, it is a great smoke you can learn more at www.drewestate.com. And, Tut, I believe that is the episode, the Peppy Van Winkle episode, where you coined the phrase, Sweet Raisins. Sweet Raisins. Uh, so, uh, yeah, check it out and let us know what you think. Okay, so for a few brief minutes, the girls are enjoying their underwater adventure. They're seeing all sorts of uh, fish come and go and uh, alright uh, <laughs> so uh, I didn't get two seconds into them being under water uh, that's got something to say I was gonna be I was really kind of interested in alright so we've come a long ways from the special effects of Jaws so I was kind of curious as to how CGI this was gonna work here uh-huh. And then I saw the school of fish that goes overhead, and it looks fake as all get out. And I was just like, oh my god, this is horrible. And actually, it's a a pity, because the shark stuff looks real. Looks real? The the, the little wiener (laughs) fish look fake. That's the funny thing, is that the shark stuff really looks good. Yeah, no. the little bitty pilot fish or the school of fish. So we stuck these stickers on this pane of glass. We're just going to move it past (laughs) That's almost what it looked like. It was horrible. I thought the same thing. I was like, man. Uh, could you not have dropped these girls somewhere where there's some fish and just or or spend an hour? Just give me an hour and I'm, I think you can do it. Yeah, no, I thought so too. Uh, but they're they're admiring the 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 fish uh, coming and going. Uh, they have headsets on where they can hear each other talk and they can hear from the boat. Um, Captain Taylor tells them via radio he's going to chum the water a bit more to bring in some sharks. Yeah, that sounds. And all of a sudden, that sounds two- smart. Hey, now that you uh, two helpless bikini-clad chicks are down there, well, they're not bikinis, unfortunately. I'm going to start throwing a lot of bloody fish parts in the start water, covering you in blood, and it'll I be was, great. I was just waiting for it to be like real horror, like you see it all of a sudden. You see like like a, like a hand, 
or a foot like, <laughs> floating past him or something. Like Captain Taylor's been butchering. He butchered Javier. Mexican peasants and the. And I was just like, at least that would have been something to grab. Then I'd be like, oh. I'm not, gonna, point, I'm not going to lie to you. I kept waiting for the twist this entire movie that you got Matthew Modine. He plays really cool, weird characters. I kept expecting like he chopped up Javier I, and there well, was like we're some gonna, We're going to get to that later. I did. I was expecting a somewhat sinister turn from him that we didn't get, but we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that. Uh, well, two giant, extremely realistic great white sharks instantly appear. They look good. They look great. Yes. The sharks look so good in this movie. In fact, the girls dropped the guy. They borrowed one of the uh, Mexican guy's cameras to take pics for Stuart. Got to look good for Stuart. Uh, They drop it immediately, and a shark swims up from beneath them and gobbles it up. The sharks look really great in this movie. They look natural. They They look look realistic. They 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 show them so little, but they look really, really good. Yeah, even in the close-ups, they really, yeah. really look yeah, they good. Look, it's, it's solid, solid effects work. Uh, somewhat surprisingly, um, <laughs> this giant 25-foot great white eating their camera doesn't make Lisa and Katie shit their wetsuits. Uh, they think it's awesome. Oh, God, this is great. Well, you're in a cage. Awesome, that is, until their cage suddenly drops a foot. Uh, just like a foot down, jarringly. Now we're six meters down. Now we're six meters down. And as Captain Taylor begins to pull the cage back up to the surface, uh, at Lisa panics. She's at her insistence, "Get us out of here! Get us out of here now!" Finally, light dawns on Marblehead. She's like, "Oh wait, this is a bad idea. I'm in Mexico in a rusty old cage with a rusty old tow cable. Get me out of here!" The cable snaps loose, and the cage plummets straight down to the bottom of the Gulf of Mexico. Yes. Possibly, I don't. It didn't really say like exactly where they were, did it? But is Mexico? Is that the Gulf of Mexico? Depends on which side they're at. Oh, the Pacific, I guess. I'm assuming they're they're on the the Pacific side. Okay. Especially, the, well, yeah. They stop 47 meters down. There's a little gauge on the cage. 47. Well, the thing meters I don't down. understand is that if the cable snaps, the cable completely snapped, right? Uh-huh. Yes. So why did the tow that was hanging over there, why did that snap off and follow it down? It was rusty, too. Okay. Matthew Modine did the cra- not... Oh, the, the crane that was, like, yeah. over the boat? Matthew Modine did not uh, it... do a lot of maintenance on his boat. <laughs> uh, when well, it, it's salt water. It eats everything. When it rains, it pours. Trust me. If, you, if you've ever lived around the coast, that salt water, that salt well, air. Well, Lisa's knocked out cold. Blood begins to leak out from her scuba mask. Uh, any fan of shark movies knows blood in the water is not a good thing that's where the term comes from blood in the water blood in the water kate immediately tries to calm her sister down the heavier she breathes and panics the faster your oxygen's gonna run out and your heart rate is calling them from miles around uh remember what javier said our heart rates are calling in a army of 25 foot gray whites as we speak uh they're only getting radio stacked from above they're too deep to talk to the boat above so kate the brave, non-boring sister decides to slip out of the cage. She has to remove her mask and air tank to do that. Because that's... Yeah, and that's... And she does not hesitate come on. one bit. After seeing a 25-foot great white F shark you. I am circle not, around that boat. I'm not getting out of this cage. Dude, I see that shark... 
200 yards away from land. I'm not dipping my toes in the in the water on the beach. She's like, all right, I got this. <laughs> take, take my mask, take my scuba gear. I'm going to swim up a little bit. I realize there's a 25-foot shark somewhere around here, but I'm okay with that. Multiple? I'm going to swim up a little bit to get radio contact. I'll, I got this. I'm just saying that if we were stuck at the bottom of the ocean and I weighed like 95 pounds and I was the only person who could fit through this cage and that was our last hope of getting out of here, we're all going to die because I'm not leaving that cage. Well, once she's out of the cage and hooked back up to her scuba gear, uh, her sister gives her stuff through the, through the bars. She heroically moves the giant severed crane arm that had crashed down on top of the cage be heavy even underwater. Well, it, it's underwater. There's a lot of buoyancy and, you know, physics and, and stuff. And then she starts paddling up to alloys. communications with the boat. Alloys and metallics. <laughs> Your primitive minds, minds wouldn't, wouldn't understand. understand. <laughs> I'm not going to bother telling you two numb nuts about it. Uh, y'all see the size of those gray whites earlier? <laughs> yes, I did. She didn't. <laughs> no, she did not. She's fearless. Well, she kicks her way up into the darkness to 40 meters up. Well, I'm not surprised she didn't float up with the size of her balls. <laughs> <laughs> More balls than me. More balls than me. Nice one. <laughs> Pitch black ocean. No, there's no, there's no way for the way. Hey, I'm going to go make a call. Hang tight. I'll be right back. Hang tight. I got this. Okay. <laughs> they only come after you if you have fear, which she has none. She has none. Uh, she kicks her way up to the darkness, 40 meters up, when she suddenly regains radio contact with Captain Taylor. He tells her, immediately return to the cage. <laughs> what it's the hell the, are you doing? It's the only place that you're safe from these sharks, you dumb bitch. He didn't say that. Uh... Have you ever seen Shark Week? Get your ass down in that hey, cage. Hey, guess what, assholes? You know where you'd be safe? The hotel bar. TNCC style. <laughs> Dumb shits. Can you drink beer in the ocean? No, you cannot. I ain't leaving this <laughs> exactly. bar. I that would is... still be at that resort bar. <laughs> unless that's some of the girls that went... Oh, so unless there was some sort of like magical like underwater mask. <laughs> Did you hear about those girls in the shark cage? Tragedy. Shame. <laughs> That's the one downfall about another mar- round of margaritas for me, my friends. That's the that's the one downfall about my whole adventuring scheme. It's, I would love to get down into the water, but realistically, I'm at the fucking not hotel leaving bar. that bar. They got cold drinks. Unless there was some like you know magical face mask where you just have beer bottles hooked into the sides. Like, Wait, I can't smoke cigars underwater, right? No, you cannot. Uh, I should say this though. You know what got me to overcome my fear of the water? There's there's a there's a tank of oxygen tank sitting with beer. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Nice. You know what got me to overcome my fear of the 25 foot great white I encountered in the Bahamas? Have I just said? When we were at that resort in Mexico, and I declined to go in the donkeys, I got I ended up getting enough bravery to go in the swimming pool. There was a swim-up bar. Oh, in the <laughs> pool. And I actually got off the little... Swim-up uh, bars are nice. I, I actually got off the little island in floaty. the pool that I was on. The floaty? No, there's like a little island oh, okay. in the pool. Uh, that's where me and Inflatable? all the cigarette smokers were hanging out. <laughs> and I got into the water, and I made it over to the swim-up pool, or the swim-up bar. 
And I was like, well, these guys give me margaritas. So you're just, you're basically like Lisa in this movie. I Is she the to love myself again. Or something like that. Well, uh, he also informs, Captain Taylor informs Kate that Javier is on his way down uh, to hook them up to their emergency winch. They have just for this kind of occasion to pull them back up. Javier's going to jump in with the 25-foot gray whites, and he's got <laughs> no, an emergency winch. I don't understand uh, Mexican, but I'm pretty sure I understand No Way Jose. No Way Javier. <laughs> uh-uh. Well, Kate swims back to the cage. I'm sorry, but if we let two American white girls die at the bottom of the ocean, do you know what the Mexican authorities are going to do to us? Because we're chumming the water down here, Javier? Get your ass in there. Trump's going to build a wall and not let them come this way. <laughs> uh, well, Kate swims back to the cage to fill Lisa in on the good news. They're both ecstatic. We're saved. Thank God Javier's coming down. Yeah. A rescue is imminent. In fact, they're so relaxed now that instead of conserving oxygen, because when they talk, that has to use up their oxygen, they spend a few minutes chatting about Stuart again. What would he think of all this craziness? <laughs> what the? <laughs> These are the moments in oh. which the movie, in which all of a sudden, all of the tension they've, they've crafted just, just erodes. Just goes away. They laugh yeah. and laugh, using up tons of precious CO2. CO2 would kill them. O2. Okay. Well, that's why you're here. But no, it's like everything is around Stuart. Well, I like what Cody said. All the tension that you built up to this point, you just crapped it away. With this horrible dialogue. Can you imagine what Stuart's thinking right now if we're down here? I would just love a picture of Vanderbeek still boring. Hey, 47 meters down, 25 foot gray whites. <laughs> Not feeling it. I agree. I just, I, we need Stuart. And all of a sudden, she, she gets a picture of Vanderbeek running the, with the bulls in Spain. And it's like, so boring, sharks. I'm just, you know, I'm, I, Vanderbeek playing Russian roulette with some, like, dude. Oh, really? Sharks? <laughs> My God, Stuart is just an adrenaline junkie. You can't beat Stuart. He's an animal. He's, He's an, an animal. animal. Well,. I mean, if, if there was, like, pictures of... If they had just shown some pictures of him, like, I don't know, base jumping or doing something, like, you're just not exciting enough for me. Well, first of all... all right. I mean, at this point, all you can tell me right now is, Stuart, what is he? He's an accountant. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, no, I'm going to get into this later as far as... If this was a redemption tale of, like, a, a meek, weaker female who found her strength through this experience, that would be one thing. But this movie yeah. isn't even that. Yeah, yeah, it's not that at all. Well, suddenly they uh, hear a rumble from above, and assuming the boat, they assume the boat is leaving them. Oh, Captain Taylor, that asshole! Like they're out of here. Kate once again swims out of the cage, fearless, to contact Captain Taylor on her headset to find out what's going on. Only this time, a giant great white. Remember them? They're around. <laughs> 
<laughs> attempts to bite her fucking head off, and she just barely makes it back to the cage. But she brings the shark back with her, and it begins to viciously gnaw at the bars, the rusted, weak bars, before eventually giving up. Even that footage looks great. It really does. The close-ups of the shark fantastic, awesome. That the shark, skin looks realistic. That shark nine. The eyes look realistic. In the shot. The looks mouth so looks realistic. Good. It's really, really good. The only unrealistic effect so far is Kate's non-fear of exiting the cage. Yeah, that's the only thing that doesn't make yeah. sense in this thing. Well, so now they're really fucked. Uh, Lisa has only thirty bars of oxygen left, which equates to twenty minutes remaining of breathable air. And Kate only has 17. But just then, they see an underwater flashlight in the dark distance. It's Javier. You know what's coming. He's come to save them. He's far off, though. So Kate grabs a rock and starts bashing it yeah, against the smart. cage to get his attention. That's smart. Let's create some vibrations in the ocean. These to... chicks never saw Jaws 2. <laughs> no. When Brody's smacking Sorry, that smack electrical it. wire with that oar. Sharks love that shit. They're, like, attracted to it. <laughs> well, frustrated, scared, and impatient. Typical females, am I right? Can, can we say that anymore? Uh, I'll make a note to edit that out. Okay. <laughs> uh, boring-ass Lisa decides to... We're kidding. We're kidding. <laughs> boring-ass Lisa decides to venture out across the seafloor to find Javier and lead him to the cage. Uh, Lisa warns her, no matter how scared you are out there, do not swim straight up or you will die. You'll get the bins. Cody, bins are serious. Cody, what are the bins? Have we ever experienced them here on the show? Well, not those bins. Because <laughs> yeah. I think I've had, <laughs> had some different I've had kind of bins. Those different bins. <laughs> okay. What are the bins? The bins are the... Uh, build up of uh, nitrogen in your system. Boom. Did you get lectured on the bins before you went down in your shark cage? We literally did not even... The shark cage just floated right we on the surface. one meter down. <laughs> we, were, we were half a meter I mean, down. Half a meter down? Not even... No, no. The, the cage floated right on the surface. <laughs> we never went under the water. It stayed, it, it stayed attached to the boat the whole time. So you never went under the... You, no. You, you just basically got down... Yeah. It's like getting into like a kiddie pool... You like dunk, put your head up underneath the water, see some sharks swimming around. Like, it's the smart way to do it. No, if anyone said no, you got the cage is going to go in the water. I'm going to be like, I know what I just paid to do this, but I ain't going anywhere. I'm going to sit here in this chair. Now, bins you, are, uh, you can actually die from the bins, and they call it the bins because your body kind of convulses. Yes. Well, Lisa decides to venture out across it's a the seafloor to, to find Javier and lead him to the cage. Lisa warns her, no matter how. Uh, myself here. No matter how scared you are, do not swim straight up or you will die. The bends. But as long as she hugs the, as long as she hugs the seafloor, she'll be fine. Because sharks only attack from below. Yeah. Seems legit. <laughs> no, of course not. It's not legit advice. Sharks will come at you from over there. They don't just come from below. They, they, they come they from the side, they, from the top. They tend to do that. They I tend, tend to eat a hamburger to do like that, this. But now that's... I tend to eat a hamburger like this. Sometimes I eat it like this. Sometimes I just eat it like this. These sharks don't give a shit how you're... They'll eat you whatever way they can. 
it's more beneficial for them to attack that way because that's where the, all their. Yeah, but well, no, they're, they're used to coming they will, up like that, but they'll come in. And but here's the point. The here's side. the point about this. Even if the sharks don't want to eat you, a great white, basically, its only way to figure out if you're food or not is to taste you. Is to take a is take a bite out of you. It's like us at the Brazilian steakhouse. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> is this good? Let is me that the pork way, that I I'm love? Just give me five of them. That one server who I bit his arm. <laughs> you were coming at me fast and hard, bro. I, I didn't know, man. I didn't know what was I going was, on. I'm shoveling food. You just stuck your hand right in there. What were you thinking? It was the best meat I had that night. Well, of course actually, it's not actually, to play on Cade's fear, uh, they will bite instinctively. Uh, they will try to figure out what you are by biting. They will also rub up against you. Correct. Like your story. Yes. They were rubbing up against you to figure out Correct. what are you. The great white that was underneath <laughs> my feet was feeling me out. You mean the shark is medicinous. Nurse shark. Nurse shark. It's called a Red Cross shark. She <laughs> helps people in need. It was three foot. Was it a Red Cross shark? Was it a nurse shark? It was a great white. No, it was. Well, what if it was a ray? No, it was a shark. Ooh, rays are freaky, man. I don't That's like rays. My toes tickled the, oh, yeah. door, the dorsal fin. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying. It could have been a ray. I don't like rays. Well, look. I was scared of that whole ray A gargantuan shark. A almost immediately gobbles up Lisa as she takes refuge in a rock structure down below uh, just in the nick of time. Her luck's run out. She's been swimming around like a little... No, I'm thinking that her luck's really good. She found a rock shelter. Well, no, that's good, but I mean, she's been swimming all around like... Okay, now the waterphobe in me really gets set off. Lisa arrives at the end of the seafloor where it drops down on a very rocky cliff. I don't think so. She can no longer see the bottom of that the ocean. That was a deep drop. So she takes a deep breath, pushes off, kicking her legs over the abyss towards the floating flashlight in the distance. I've seen Finding Nemo. I've Ooh. seen this scene. I'm not watching it. You're on the edge of a rocky underwater cliff. You cannot see the bottom. It's pure darkness, and you know there's 25-foot great whites. And apparently Are they can only attack like, you if they're, they come from the Give me strength, Stuart. Alright, this is what I want to no. ask you guys. How did you watch this film? On my iPad? No, I'm sorry, on my computer. In a dark room on a big screen? Uh semi dark room on a on a I've got huge monitors, so yeah. It'd be the equivalent of Did you watch of this a, on your projector? No. I, I mean same thing, I computer, but you know, it's a large monitor, it's thirty two inch. Yeah. Okay. Because our, our opinion of this film is a little bit different than the doctors who saw it in a theater. Right. At this point, when she dives off this cliff into this dark abyss, I'm wondering if seeing this on the big screen in a dark theater on a, on a, a massive scale... Where you get I, the immensity yeah, of where it? where you get that immense... Void? Void. Yeah. Much more so than on a computer screen or on a tablet... There's something to be said for I that. I think there, there is something is. to be said think, for yeah. watching these films in a, in, in a big theater. Because the doctor very much felt tension and yeah. felt where I didn't feel it. 
And I think it's because he saw it in a dark theater on a huge screen. There, there is something to be said for that because, like, uh, I feel the same way with space movies. Like, if you really want to get that immensity of space, and I'm not talking about your action space operas, but I'm just talking, you know, like the the space odysseys. Sure. Yeah. You get that big expanse feeling on a big screen as composed or as a, opposed to your like your iPads and your phones. I just I, re- I think the C can actually be the same way. I, I I agree. That's a good point. That's a good point. That's that's the closest we have to space is the ocean. And because our experience with this film was so different than the doctors as far as tension and Yeah. I, I think maybe seeing it in the theater gave him a an aspect that we, we can't get. I think so. I, I think all right. I'll cut a little bit of slack then. Maybe just a little bit. More little bit. Gra- more gravity to Stuart. And <laughs> well, hey, real quick. Uh, so she has just literally dove off into the black abyss of the ocean to find Javier and the flashlight, their only source of hope. Let's take a quick moment to readdress the cigar. Were you yet? You're um, a third. You're... Almost to a third. Over over halfway. Tut, I wanted to get back to your start of the final third. Uh, anything new? I don't know. I just started it, like you said. Okay. <laughs> Dynamite! <laughs> Boy, do I know how to pick the, pick the spots. <laughs> Much like my first cigar, I like consistency. I've, I'm, uh... I'm, my final third, I'm getting a lot more spice on the retro hail, which I got in the first cigar too. Yes, this is uh, going to be a little bit. He's getting it too. A lot, it's picking up on the. Yeah, on the I'm, retro get, I'm getting it spice like off a, that retro hail in a weird way. It's like a chai tea or chai tea. Uh, that's not spicy at all. Wait, no chai is it's a very soothing spicy. chamomile. I'm no, it's not never a been soothing. More relaxed. <laughs> it's not a soothing chamomile. It's not sleepy time tea. It's. I'm sorry. It's oolong. It's a, it's a chai tea. It's it's a very you know an oriental spice almost. Okay, it's nice. But tingly. Yes, very. very. Okay. Uh, still chocolate. Yes. I'm, I'm I don't still know. getting. I, I'm, I'm focusing more on that tea on that. Yeah, about the halfway it's, point. It's, that, it's, that, it, that it, I'm still very still much there. dark chocolate. I'm not. I'm not really getting any more coffee. Yeah. So that that's kind of died away. No, the coffee's gone. For me, it's yeah. dark chocolate. It's spice on the retro hail. Yeah, because I'm a little bit further along than you guys are. You are about the halfway point. Uh, Kate's a little bit beyond the halfway point. Yax is right there. Yeah, the uh, that's that that's similar to what I had. The uh, the coffee had pretty much taken a backseat to almost gone. Uh, the dark chocolate's still there around that midpoint. But like I said. For the spice me, the, is definitely kicking up for on the me, last the, third. The, the chocolate is the star of the show um, in the final third, along with the just a, a real upkick in spice and nicotine and strength in the retrohale. Um, construction still solid, smoke mm-hmm. production solid. Uh, you guys, you guys want to talk about price point? Chai tea, man, I like that. Let me go. Nine fifty. Nine fifty. Nine fifty one. Son of a bitch. No, 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 no. I'll actually go. Ah. 
Man, I've, it's kind of weird because he threw me a curveball with a damn shaggy foot. Uh, well, yeah, I'll, but, I'll but, actually but, go. But that's a one-off. I mean, this is a, a regular production cigar. I go ten seventy-five. Ten seventy-five. That was a steward answer. Well, it's not a boring <laughs> cigar. Wait, it no. is not a boring cigar. Uh, if it was a steward answer, Stu would be like, and I'll be honest, cigar, without, still naming boring. Na- without naming names, we did a lot of broadleafs last year and the year before that I, from established names with working with broadleaf, that I never got quite what I was looking for in broadleafs. Yeah. This gives me what I want in a broadleaf. This gives me the, the, the power, the coffee, the chocolate, the smoke production. Like, this is. What I look for in a broadly, pretty much, and it's doing it really well. Uh, Twelve dollars. Yeah, Twelve. Okay. What are we at time wise? What have we been smoking these for? We have been going. This is probably getting close. Almost to, hour two. Almost hour two. Yeah, one. A little under. We we lit up about thirty minutes. It's about an hour and a half, and I still got another half hour to go. So you're looking at two hour Toro, twelve dollars. Yeah, that gives me just gobs of chocolate, coffee, spice. Uh, yeah, I'm giving it a thumbs up. I'm not even done yet. I don't know. It's weird talking with uh, Derek from Black Label Trading Company. Hey, I got it right. It wasn't mm-hmm. Black Label Trading Society. No, you got it right this time. <laughs> Talking with Derek, apparently he called me like the Russian judge in the Olympics. It was like you just poo over everything when uh, it comes to price. He said you're very inconsistent with your criticism on the prices. <sighs> so I don't know whether I'm supposed to poo this or not. Uh, Twelve fifty, I can dig it. I actually can. Uh, uh, for Robusto, I might poo-poo on that. Yeah, definitely. Because we'd be done by now. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. But for a Toro that's going to last me probably over two hours, yeah, and give me a lot of what I feel is missing in a lot of but you modern know, day broadleafs, uh, the that that signature broadleaf coffee chocolate with just an insane amount of smoke production, yeah, brilliant construction. Actually, that's I, I kind of want to I I have to admit, Derek. My eyes were opened a little bit, and I might have been influenced a little bit. Tobacco prices change. You know, what was considered an $8 cigar a couple of years ago with the price changes in tobacco, you know, is now like a $10 cigar. To $10 cigar is now like a $12 cigar. FDA has changed everything. Yeah, so, you know... I guess a lot of times I fail to look at that. And I honestly think the price of this cigar has gone up maybe a dollar since... I've had these for a year in the humidor. In our humidor. Yeah. So, I think it's actually gone up since then, which makes sense. With all the costs of, of dealing with regulations and lawyers yeah. and everything. I mean, that's the that's just the, the nature of today's cigar market. Uh, I would pay 12 bucks for this I probably would absolutely I probably would um, I like it I like it a lot I do and it's one of the best broadleaves I've had in a long time I do like it uh, I like the fact there's not a lot of transition 
Uh, at least not not a lot of wild swings in transition. No, but there's no. a nice complexity and flavor to where you're getting a lot of flavors in there that are identifiable or almost identifiable. Uh, I love the I just love the heat on the nose and the, the, the chocolate and coffee on the on the draw. Man. If I go to a, if if I want to go to a broadleaf cigar, this this would be in there. This would, be yeah. in, this would be in the mix. I love that leather that was introduced about in the halfway point. Uh, it's that, kind of that, subsided that a little subsided bit. That subsided in the final third for me. Yeah, it it's, did. It's much more just chocolate and, and, and heavy, heavy strength and nicotine on the nose. Uh, I'm not getting a lot of nicotine. You know I what? don't know I what will that say is. this. The first sample I smoked got really hot in the final third. Like, literally, I had a hard time dragging and touching it. Yeah. This one is... is, is Stayed very cool. Yeah, mine's not not that bad. I've been able to do the socket test where you put your foot, your finger, what, an inch above where you're smoking. And oh, I've got mine like a half hot, inch. If it's hot, you're <laughs> you're smoking too fast. Wait, um, is that the Jose Blanco test? I think it's the socket test. I can't remember. So many experts. <laughs> uh, I dig it. I dig it a lot, and I think twelve dollars is is adequately priced. Okay. Thumbs up. Thumbs, thumbs up. up. Beer. Thumbs up. Very much. Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up on the beer. I'll give yeah. it two thumbs up too. Uh, anytime you can do a double IPA with eighty-five IBUs and and like I said, the cigar didn't budge an inch off of that taste. No, it didn't. And you know what? There's no citrus. There's no. A lot of the double IPAs will try to curb your palette with some yeah. you know citrus some some grapefruit some nothing it is giving you malts and hops and i think the balance they do with it is 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 spot on i love it i agree 100 percent. tuttle non-ipa guy i like it he hates it no you say he likes it tuttle likes it tuttle likes it it's like mikey would like cereal <laughs> He likes it. It's one of those beers to where I'm I'm not going to go for it. Like, it's not my go-to. It's not my absolute wheelhouse. Uh, but I'm not going to turn it down by a long shot. I like it. It's it's a good tasting beer. It does. It does. Uh, it's got a really nice profile. Yeah. Uh, for a double IPA, I mean, it's to give you anything that's not just. You know what? I take all that back. Because one of the beers that I really like right now is Austin's, uh, Austin Beer Works Fire Eagle, which is a double IPA. Uh, and this has a similar profile to that. And I love that beer. And I don't, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I would. Two thumbs up. Three thumbs up. Three thumbs up. Three thumbs hey, up. Six thumbs up. Six thumbs up. Good job, Barrow. I'm sorry, Barrow. I didn't mean to like poo on you for a little bit there. I wasn't even really pooing on you. I was like, I'm, I'm not an IPA guy, but I, I like this. You Let's came go. around. All right. Well, good cigar, good beer. I will come back one last time before we drop the cigars in the ashes. But uh, oh, I've just dropped mine. No, I mean the final nub. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was, a, it was a successful pairing. So here is where I would have liked to see more hesitation more primal fear from Lisa 
You're already a scaredy cat, a boring girl, but you just came within inches of being a 20-foot great white shark's brunch. (laughs) That push off the cliff into the dark unknown should have been a moment. Like a cinematic moment. Both emotionally to make us as an audience member feel it with her and cinematically... But it just happened so fast, and it had and, no weight. It had no I, weight whatsoever. It's like, I, well, all right. I guess maybe this will make Stuart like me. And I, <laughs> it, it was so weak. I also think this moment was so weak. I also think that this is here where the score could have like really helped out. Yeah, stuff. I was really disappointed in the because, t- like I said, I like these guys who score films, Tom and Danny, but they're used so sparse and just so minimal here but I kind of tried to put myself in the doctor's shoes on a big screen in a dark theater of her diving off this cliff I don't even think because she's such a a cookie cutter character at this point maybe that's what makes us not connect I mean it's a great shot of her diving off this cliff into this dark sea of nothingness if we knew and cared about her, maybe that would have. Man, I don't. Man, she's just such a weak. I don't know. She's because just trying to impress a guy. You've got that's her. That's her. That's her character. I, I don't know. It could be because of terrible poor character development. It could have been because I was watching this on a smaller screen. I, I just don't know, but. I just thought that I just wasn't I, I wasn't no, but, scared. I but, wasn't. But do you guys tense. agree that wasn't, leap that leap off the underwater cliff into a sea of unknown, knowing that there's sharks out there? It should have been a gut wrenching. Like put yourself in her shoes. Like I really think that more focus on the score would have helped it immensely. I think that you're right, Tut. I think I think that, and also. If we if we had a real connection to her as a real person, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all these characters so are annoying. so they're they're so superficial. She's so annoying and yeah, and just so needy. I mean, I just, but if you had actually developed a character at this point to where they jump off the cliff and you see them take that leap of faith, literally off a cliff into a uh, an ocean where. You know the, the great thing about the ocean as a character in movies, yeah, is we're the we're outsider. Small. We're the outsider. Yeah, yeah. There's no laws. There's no. We are at the mercy of whatever is around us. And when you come to the edge of the ocean, the edge of the abyss, and take a leap, counter. Add to that, you have seen the world's largest sharks are hanging out around you. I didn't get any kind of fear from her. I didn't get any kind of real, tangible, primal fear from her. I could take a leap off of here and my arm could get bit off. No. That's the great thing about underwater movies and shark movies. You're always looking for that shark to come in because you know it's there and I didn't get that from this yeah movie. yeah they use the sharks actually pretty sparingly oh. in this movie dare I say a little too sparingly because they disappear for a long time they actually well, do well that's, that goes back to what Cody was saying earlier is that all the tension that you build up you lose in 
these scenes where the sharks aren't there. Where all I mean, this, you wouldn't lose it if they were girls that you cared about talking about good things and there's other stuff going right. on. But the fact they were so generic, and then the sharks disappear for a while, you just kind of like yeah, yeah, sink into this kind of like man, nah, all right, whatever. Well, whatever. you know, and, and exactly. I think this this kind of relates. You know, it all goes back to the screenplay with this movie. Well, yes, but I mean, you know, like within yeah. you know other shark movies. You know, going back to you know like Jaws, where it, it's it's that one shark. It's 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 the nemesis. You know, it's there. It's lurking somewhere. This is more like just people being in nature, and which I think was the goal of the Shallows, which we couldn't rent. But this one, I mean, <laughs> it's not that. And this is what I say: is like it's not that the sharks are menacing in that sense because they're not you're basically just showing me like a like a nature show. nature yeah. it's, it's, these are just sharks and Correct. you know what you're in their territory and maybe they'll find you maybe they won't but, but even in this then, in, in this instance i don't feel like i'm you that's what i'm saying you don't i didn't feel like the tension i should have from the fact that there could be the unknown but it's not like you're giving me a sense of menace from these sharks they're well, just there, uh, yeah, exactly. But they're not even really there they're, because they're, it, when you expect them to be there, they're not there. Yeah. Well, that's, and what, that's I'm, what I'm saying. Sorry, like, if you, it was being, seen, a, we've seen Shark Week. We've seen what happens when sharks go into frenzy from chum in the water, from blood in the water. I mean, there is the that, that's that's where the feeding frenzy comes from. Is sharks going nuts? I just because think they of this showed stuff. these girls swimming and they around. Too, they were they were so used to willy nilly, so willy nilly, where there was no sharks around and. That's on the director because he didn't play those scenes effectively enough. Where like looking over her shoulder, no, she yeah. was she wasn't afraid at all. Well, you know, and there's a or there, you get a, that nice little Stanley Kubrick type deal where it's just the sound of her breathing, the oscillating. None, none of looking that. around. I mean, right. this is a director's medium if you want to do it right, and this yeah. director failed. The film. I mean, and like I said, in these instances, yeah, you're, she's jumping into the void. But there were the, those those scenes where, like, you know, where she's doing something, and you could have seen like that that black shape move off in the distance, Ew, and you'd have been like, they "That's going to do that." Yeah. And that's what I was like. That's what I was expecting. I know. And I kept waiting. I kept, I kept waiting for her out in that void, and you'd like see something. Nothing. The funny thing is, is that I'm sitting there like, "Man, we are ripping this in a new one," and then I'm like, "Wait, how popular was this movie?" Highly. Well, Lisa finds the unmanned flashlight floating around, but with Kate out of radio range, Lisa's lost. She doesn't know where she is. She doesn't know how to get back to the cage. She's she's ventured out way too far. If only there was some sort of like cable that if they could have dragged behind her. I kept waiting for her to find that flashlight with a severed hand on it. That would have been sweet. As she shines the flashlight all around, the jaws. This is the one kind of jump scare. As she flies, as she shines the flashlight around, the jaws of a great white narrowly miss her, and just then Javier appears. (laughs) Get back to the boat, he says. (laughs) That's the funny thing. Back to the cage. But as he shouts for her to get back to the cage, the shark chomps him to pieces. Uh, You had to have the shark kill somebody. Come on. True. Lisa radios Kate to resume banging on the cage with the rock so she can find her. (laughs) And she wisely takes the emerging wench 
and the spear, the winch that they had dropped down from the boat, she grabs that, and she's smart enough to grab the spear gun that Javier brought down with them to, you know, that's going to... Spear gun's gonna fight because the tiny spear gun is going to do something against the twenty-five foot great white. (laughs) Piss it off at this point. It's going to agitate it severely. Lisa expertly attaches the wedge to the cage. Now the funny thing is, is because I I have watched Sharks Week, therefore I am a shark expert. At this point, I was just waiting for the bat shark earlier, repellent. Earlier in the in the movie, when <laughs> earlier in the movie when the shark was banging against the cage and yeah. trying to gnaw through the cage, I was like, poke it in the eye, poke it in the eye. They always say a blow to the nose or a poke in the eye. Well, Lisa expertly attaches. You the, have a rock. I mean, you can use that. <laughs> Well, she's very adept at... She attaches the winch to the cage very professionally and then fearlessly swims up <laughs> again. She's seen that shark. <laughs> Chomp some people. Eat Javier to pieces. But she's again like, I got to get radio contact with uh, Captain Taylor. I gotta, I'm going to swim up a little bit and talk to him. Tell him to pulse up. <laughs> Back in the cage, it slowly starts to rise. She attached the winch. Right. Uh, in fact, once it gets, they start counting, it gets up to 36 meters. We're halfway there, boys. Well, well a third. <laughs> a third of the way there. Math is hard. Uh, they can actually talk to Captain Taylor again from within the cage. Uh, they're so happy. They gleefully start counting the meters as they rise, but just as they hit 31 meters, the cable starts to unravel, and at 28 meters, it snaps. Sending them plummeting back down to the seafloor. We're back down at 47 meters down. Yes, you're back at 47. (laughs) Lisa's leg is crushed between the rocks, the cage and the rock. Her leg was hanging out the bottom. I don't understand that. It's crushed. Why did. How did that happen? How did she take a selfie? This should impress Stuart. Crushed leg, sharks everywhere. Come on, Stuart. Love me, Stuart. Love me. (laughs) I'm just kidding. She doesn't do that. Uh, It's far too heavy, obviously. She can't lift it off her uh, leg. But Lisa knows that time is running out, so she exits the cage and swims up far enough to communicate with Captain Taylor. Last third is really good on this thing. Thoughts? Yeah, uh, it, it's, I told you the final third is a game changer. Yeah, the final third on this thing is really shining. Uh, it's weird because I'm getting a, like a a good strong profile, but I'm also getting a little bit not sweetness, but a little hint of it. I'm getting a lighter sense of back to the cream, back to cream slash graham. I still think I'm tasting the retro? graham there on the retro, uh, and a tea sense to it. Uh, I am. I'll be honest. I didn't get this on the first one so much. I am getting a sweetness on the draw on the final third yeah. here. I don't know if it's a raisin-like sweetness, but it's it's sweet raisins. It is a tobacco, a very nice tobacco-like sweetness, and I agree. that cream is just coming in full force on the retro ale. Yeah, I I really appreciate that. So twelve bucks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Lisa's trapped. 
I'm sorry. Uh, she knows time's running out, so she exits the cage and swims up far enough to communicate with Captain Taylor. He says that he's going to send down extra air tanks, but it can increase their chances of nitrogen narcosis dramatically. That doesn't sound good. Anything narcosis, narcosis. doesn't sound good. <laughs> he tells her they'll need to monitor each other closely to make sure they don't hallucinate or act strangely. Reminds me of our absinthe episode. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, we're gonna drink this. Monitor each Monitor other yourself closely. Now, one of the things, and I'm not an expert on the bins. All right, this isn't the bins. This is switching air tanks. No, 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 no. I understand that. Uh, all right, all right. So you swim up to whatever, and you pause for a little bit. Can you pause for a little bit? Reacclimate. I don't know how long it takes for you to reacclimate and then swim up a little bit more. Yes. Did they give you this speech when you went into your shark? So I'm no. just kind of like, well, again, if you, Cade, we went a half meter. So if you go up that much and the sharks aren't around, go ahead and swim up a little bit more. It's you to to rise back up after you've been down for a certain amount of time. Because of the pressure, because it's pushed on right. you so much, right. you have to go slowly exactly, to allow the nitrogen in your blood to expand as your body gets, you as, it right. gets, as those gas in, in your blood expand. So you have to give it time to just, your body to reacclimate to that, just yeah. to work it through. You can't, you know... Because I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent. Like I, 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 don't pretend to be an expert on any type of scuba diving, but I'm a little bit familiar with it. And they have like exercises. You know, you're breathing out as you're going up to minute to kind of mitigate that. Uh, I mean, there's been like two scenes, three scenes now where she swam halfway up there to get into no, radio no, range. No, she's, she's literally swimming like ten meters to get to radio range. Okay, swim ten more and then pause. And then swim ten more and then pause. Get out of Well, she's there. not afraid, so you would think she would be like, at one point, like, fuck this. I'm going up. Not to mention, how far off the coast are they, man? Just swim up there and let that boat haul ass to shore and get you in a nitrogen tank. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not an expert on it. I don't know. Of course, this is Mexico. They don't really have the oxygen or the pressurized tanks there on Captain Ron's boat. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Taylor, Captain Taylor has notified the Coast Guard's deep sea rescue unit, and they'll be there in 30 minutes. Did y'all have the sinking suspicion at this point that Captain Taylor hasn't called anybody? I thought I thought something weird would go on. I got the feeling that, like, hey, I'm doing illegal shark dives here. Like, there's no help coming. Like, I've got two American women down there. The easiest out for me here is the shark eats them, and I never saw them. I thought that there would be, like, not Javier, but Pablo or whoever the second one is. He would come down there, and he'd be like, look, uh, the captain <laughs> is messed up. He killed Javier, or he killed somebody. He killed Javier. And, you know, he's wanting to... I thought that there would be this whole exposition of this weird, sinister scheme. I that thought I thought that's where they were building with it. Was like, there's no Coast Guard coming. Like you guys are on your own. But they didn't. They didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
He does send down the additional air tanks, and Kate swims off to get them, but she's not hooked up to the new oxygen supply, but for a few seconds before a giant shark swoops by and gobbles her up. Has to happen. And, and once again, I was totally expecting it. Yeah. Yeah. And it just... Yeah. yeah. The, the tension... <laughs> Exactly. They, they exactly. Missed, they missed the tension. Like it was. I was just like I kept oh, waiting. She's I mean, gone. Was, but see, that's one. Of Our the character things, from the opening scene of this movie is gone, and I don't care. But see, that's yeah. one of the things that that makes like the classic horror or the classic slasher films. Like you if gotta, you, if you go back to Carpenter, Carpenter was great about taking that moment that you knew was about to be there and just. Building the tension. But we've always. Well, the other thing was, but we've also talked about this on horror movies. If you don't care, there's no scare. Right. That's true. You gotta care about these people. Or in this instance, it's it's making. I didn't know who Kate was from Adam. Yeah. I was at least expecting it to be the you know it's coming, and right now oh. It didn't happen, and then, oh, and, and then you know, like, you like the beat after, right? Yeah. In shark movies, the ultimate go-to is Sam Jackson in Deep Blue Sea. Oh yeah. When he's given that rousing speech, rousing speech, and shoot, <laughs> the shark went it. Nobody saw that coming. It's cliched now, but nobody saw that coming at the time. No, yeah, right. at the time it was. I a great saw move. Deep Blue Sea opening weekend, and I did not see that coming, and I was just like, I have to agree. <laughs> But now you can enjoy Deep Blue Sea 2. Now Deep Blue Sea 2 has actually got a trailer. Uh. Well, we're having actually a pretty good discussion. Maybe we'll do Deep Blue Sea 2. Then maybe we'll also be able to do The Shallows. Maybe it'll be available for Maybe it'll be available. We'll see. Uh, Maybe we could do a triple feature. Oh, God, no. Well, uh, where was I here? Seven-hour podcast. Oh, so, okay, so, so the the shark go- gobbles Kate up. Uh, Lisa, still pinned down with her leg underneath the the cage, tries to reach the spear gun to help her wrangle in the remaining air tank, but she inadvertently shoots herself with it, sending fresh human blood into the water. By the way, have you really drank all of those? Yes, you're dead. He's 47 meters down. <laughs> he's 40, I've discovered he's the mystery of the deep, and it is wonderful. <laughs> oh, I'm glad we took pictures before the show. <laughs> There's going to be no beer left. We got beers left. <laughs> we got plenty of beers left. Lisa is at 2% remaining oxygen, so she presses on and manages to... Uh, Drag the scuba tank over to her just in the nick of time with the spear gun. The spear gun. That's got to impress Stuart, right? At this point, if all we're taking away from this movie. Instagram pics. Hey, guess what? Got ate by a shark. I'm at 2%. I'm at 2% oxygen. What do you think of this? Still boring. (laughs) (laughs) You should have Stuart still texting. Yeah. Oh, come on. Show me James Vanderbeek, man. I Dude, gotta see it. I just... At this point, she's so boring and, the, and her sister's so boring. I'm like, what do you think? I got a spear through my leg. 25-foot great white. 
I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> My bags are still packed. It's... I will see you uh, too soon to tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, suddenly uh, Kate's voice emerges in Lisa's headset. Her sister's still alive. She's barely... I thought the shark hit her oxygen tank. (laughs) Well, it was a swooping move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's badly wounded. Her blood is uh, drawing more sharks, she says. The more I bleed, the more sharks are coming in. So now you more sharks coming in. Okay, let me go swim to you. Uh, But Kate is determined. She's going to free herself and rescue her sister. You see, boys, this should be the classic third act stuff. Our boring Kate, our boring Lisa, is going to redeem herself and be the hero. Um, she's the strong one. She was I, always so weak, but now she's strong. Well, if that had and, been the message of the movie, I would have liked that. Well, that would be that wasn't even the that would be a high school screenwriting movie. Like she's so weak, and now she's good. No, this movie didn't. I would I would have liked that. This um, movie doesn't give you that. I will say this, is that if we're ever in this situation, do not come across my comms and say, hey, I'm bleeding, more sharks are on their way, come get me. <laughs> because I'm going to like, oh, so you're over there, and sharks are going over there. Tuck, Shoot. Tuck can you guess if you gave us that message? <laughs> I'm bleeding out. More sharks are coming to get me. Come rescue me. No, I'm going to be like, hey, everything's fine. I can make it. Carry me. No, I'm going to be like, uh, everything's fine. Uh, there's no sharks here. Uh, can you come? I, I I don't know exactly where I'm at. Come get me. There's no sharks here. No I I've been, sharks know, here. Somehow scratching my intercom. I, I yeah, here, here, you get... You, you be, you. I, I think he's toast. I think he's toast. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna go find that guy. I'm still alive. I'm right here. I. I they're gone. I re- I, I'm still here. I really think he's dead. Uh, I am not dead. No, it sounds like he's dead, Cody. I can hear you talking. I am not dead. Well, Lisa miraculously, heroically, uh, frees her leg from underneath the cage and finds her sister. Yes, because it was she, pretty cool. she just dug away some of the dirt. Would you two dildos... No, she had like the inflatable thing. No, that, listen. Would you two dildos come find me and rescue me, or would you just wait for the Coast Guard? <laughs> I'm waiting for the Coast Guard. You fuckers. <laughs> also, once again, I wouldn't be in the ocean... With 25 fucking great well, white... Well, once again, none of us would be in the ocean. We'd be back at the hotel bar. Only blood I'm going to see is called a Bloody Mary. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's safe to say that uh, Lisa found her true strength, her true self, at the bottom of the sea. Am I right? Very much so. Very and much so. Not for Stuart, but herself. Yeah, sure. I was just waiting for her to, like, fuck you, Stuart. <laughs> I'm doing this. <laughs> Eventually, like, her her legs are severed in half by shark bites. Fuck you, Stuart. Fuck you, Stuart. 
Uh, Kate is so badly injured that they must ascend to the surface now, right now, she says, despite Captain Taylor warning them again about the bends. Uh, Kate sparks up one of the flares that he sent down with her with the air tanks and to help her ward off the sharks. When they reach 20 meters down, Taylor tells them that they need to stop for five minutes to do a decompression yeah, yes. stop. Yeah. All right. Or a nitrogen bubbles will explode. Totally forgot that. <laughs> if they don't stop, nitrogen bubbles will explode their brains. No, yeah. Um, I think I experienced that once drinking a can of Boddington's too fast, <laughs> but that's another story. <laughs> you can't drink those Boddington's too fast. Oh, they are delicious. Though. There's nitrogen in the brains. Uh, cut. What are you smoking next? Uh, I I failed to put my next cigars where I could reach them, so I might need to get one from you. Uh, they're, just they're the, literally right there, Kay. They're, they're, no, there's not. <laughs> yeah, I, I see it, like, right there. That's the show cigars. Oh, I, I don't oh. have my my backup cigars. Uh, just the Kane H550. Oh, you're old reliable. No, this is the Kane H, not the Kane F. Oh, Where'd you get that? Everywhere. <laughs> I just can, buy, I buy it begrudgingly everywhere. Do you and want I, one? You can have one. No, no. I'll, I'll call a timeout and get my own. Okay. I'm not going to take it with that. If it was the F, it's fine, but the H, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> Horribly bitter. Um, with only a few minutes left in the decompression step. Pound for pound, I love the canes. I no, I know. You're a big fan. With only a few minutes left in the decompression stop, they run out of flares and are surrounded by sharks. Captain I don't understand this. I don't think that sharks are scared of flares. Captain Taylor yells at them to drop their scuba gear and haul ass to the surface. The sharks dive down chasing the air tanks that he drops which enables the sisters to reach the surface. Again, that doesn't... But as Captain Taylor throws them a life preserver, a great white appears and latches on to Lisa's leg. Which looks great. Mm -hmm. The the surface sharks look 100% 100 real. Yeah, there's there's no getting around. The sharks look freaking excellent. Um, It drags her below. Somehow she pops back up, and both Lisa and Kate hold on to the life preserver as the men on the boat furiously pull on the the rope, bringing them in. Was I the only one who thought that like one of the sharks would bite one of the girls in half? Yes, that's what I, I was, was expecting. I was, wait, I was waiting for it. Uh, in a in a marvel of filmmaking, seriously, this looks so fucking realistic. These sharks. Uh, just as Lisa is getting pulled over the side of the boat, a great white pops up out of the side of the water and gobbles up her leg, like Tut said, uh, pulling her back under. It looks so real. I mean, it looks like a real great white. It looks really, really good. Grabbing her off the butt. It's so good. Um, yikes. Uh, she pops back up, back out of the water, and Captain Taylor and the two hombres start administering first aid to her. You would think Lisa would be in shock from all this, both physically and emotionally, but she's not. 
She lays on the deck of the boat, looking at the blood pouring out of her body, and she's laughing. Crazy, crazy laugh. That, well, that's shock. I mean, that is definitely shock. It turns out Lisa is still... She's not on that boat. She's not on the deck of the boat. Nope. She's still down the cage at the bottom of the sea. You see, uh, she's hallucinating. Suffering from narcosis. Just like Captain Taylor told her if she, uh, after switching air tanks. Her leg is still trapped under the cage. She's never been rescued. She never rescued her sister. Uh, it was all hallucination. So she's down there giggling, just out of her mind. We end on that as she and she alone is rescued from the cage by the Coast Guard. All right. A couple of things. So you built up this whole movie as this weak girl who was trying to impress Stuart. At the very least, at the end of the movie, she rescued her sister and she made a move. And she's she regained her... No! The, the movie ends. She, she's actually, completely ridiculous at the end of the story. She doesn't rescue her sister. Her sister's dead. I actually like the twist. Uh, I, I, I kind of might have thought that something like a twist was coming. So this kind of scratched that itch. I like the fact that, you know, it. no, that was a weird narcosis hallucination. I mean, it's a um, choice. I, I liked it. I just thought you were building I would have actually. Up. I would have actually liked it to where they didn't show the divers coming to rescue her alone to where it would it, it just shows her like maniacally laughing there at the bottom of the ocean and roll credits there. I thought that would have been like a cool... Or uh, what they, was the, they come what was down the, to rescue her and Stuart's with them. What was the, uh, the Twilight Zone... Thing, uh, remake like in the 90s uh, crap it wasn't Twilight Zone it was a totally different TV series that, that they would do like a whole other. to me if, if, if it would have been just her there at the bottom of the ocean no help was coming it's obvious she's dying there at the end that's like a Twilight Zone ending uh, final Farscape whatever it is thing. I thought the fact um, that actually that Captain Taylor called the Coast Guard and they actually rescued her, but her sister died. I thought that was a really weird ending. Yeah, no, no, it is. It is a weird ending because I don't understand what this movie was trying to say at all. I was thought it, a, was I it thought a, it was, was trying it, to. I thought it was trying to portray the world's weakest woman who's all about impressing a man, and at the end. She saves her sister and she saves herself. She becomes strong. But then they're like, "That's not it. That's not nope. it." Twilight Zone ending. Yeah. She's still down there. I was expecting Stuart to be down with those guys. Like, no, no, dude, <laughs> you're still boring. Still boring. I'm, we're we're going back up to the boat. You're still boring. Hey, you know what? I'll save you because I'm Stuart. <laughs> you're still nothing. No, uh, it, it just. I thought that that's the only redemption. There thing was no in well, this movie. Was like if she saved. The the real the the ending was, she gets her sister to safety. She gets that shark comes up and bites her in half, and it's like, hey, she proved to Stuart she was not. Well, even well, even if you go like into Jaws, Jaws, like the shark is biting her. She's like, Stuart. Well, even even if you go into like the Jaws, you know, man against nature, man overcomes nature. There wasn't that message. 
there was I just I don't know what the movie was trying to say. I mean, there was no message to no, the there movie. Wasn't. No, I agree. So it was just kind of yeah. All right, Tut, you self-righteous bastard. Give us some. <laughs> give us some links. Uh, let's go to uh, well, crap. You put me on the spot there. At TNCCCast is our Twitter handle. Uh, join us on YouTube. Put you on the spot, did I? Join us on YouTube, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. You can join us on Facebook, Tuesday Night Cigar Club. Somebody put me on spot for how many cans are laid out here tonight. <laughs> Dude, you drink so much. Uh, let's go to the podcast, TNCC how? underscore podcast. Realistically, how many are here? One, two, One, three, four, three, four, five, six, nine, seven, six, eight. Seven, eight, nine. Nine beers. At 9.5 ABV. No. One of them is the Bell's... Uh, from last week. Which was what, eight? <laughs> <laughs> what you got, three? I got three. What you got, four? four. Jax has four. <laughs> I, was try- I was trying to drink faster, but I'm failing miserably, obviously. But I'm getting there. Tut chose to call me out. <laughs> I did not call you out. I was just merely. It was an asshole. Oh, that's a given. Well, technically, you could say that at any episode, <laughs> at any point. I, I'd acquiesce. Do we have any links? Uh, I just gave no, them no, all. No, uh, famous smoke shop. Yes, you gave it all. Sure. All right. Well, uh, let's just uh, sum up. If I can dare do that with all these <laughs> beers I've been drinking. <laughs> Fuck this guy. He, it's him. It's Stuart. <laughs> you are Stuart. I'll never be good enough for you. I'm always going to be boring old Cade. <laughs> I am Stuart. Or he's Stuart. Good call. Fuck you. <laughs> You know what? I think that's a testament to a great beer. It is. I can drink so many of them, and we still have great conversation. Fantastic. We had an excellent conversation. And I think it's also a testament to my fortitude that I've drank... (laughs) He's... Ten... uh, Ten... Ten ABV beers, and I'm I'm still hosting the number one cigar uh, beer film podcast in the world. That is true. Boom. But there'll always be the naysayers. Wait, I'm I'm right here hosting it with you. He's he is hosting it with us. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, tonight was fun. Tonight was really fun. May the wings of liberty never lose a feather. St. Patty's Day. Yes. Yes. Sign our motherfuckers. To learn more about the time I got a bad case of the bends while snorkeling nude back in college, please read my new ebook, My Mermaid Lover How Too Many Bubbles in the Brain Led Me to Mistake a Horny Dolphin Named Peppy for an Imaginary Mermaid Named Princess Penelope by Keith A. Howell. This ain't your typical tale from the sea, folks. I wasn't even aware dolphins could get that horny. Thanks for nothing, Jacques Cousteau, you asshole. 
and Marlon Perkins, you too. Anywho, in the meantime, to learn more about the cigars and libations enjoyed on tonight's episode, you can visit www.yasumcrawl.com and www.barrowbrewing.com. For more on O'Brien's Irish Pub, the live music leader in Central Texas, please visit O'Brien'sTemple.com and download their free smartphone app where you'll find full beer listings including over 40 on tap, menu information, and a calendar of upcoming live events. To listen and purchase music heard on tonight's program, check out www.fritzbeermusic.com. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Night Cigar Club Podcast. This is Keith A. Howell saying until next time, friends, unless we see you sooner at the pub. So keep it smoky. And for God's sake, keep it ballsy as well. <laughs>